Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Critically Important, along with Espo and Mallory. Hi. I am Jason, and we are now on our official episode two of the Critically Important podcast. Uh, it's been a month since we recorded our last episode, mm-hmm. uh, just because, you know, we live in Arizona and we try to stay outside whenever <laughs> possible at this point, so it takes a lot for us to go outside. Yeah, we've me. been holed up. Yeah, you know. It is hot. One. Too yes. hot. Too hot, absolutely. <laughs> but on the other side, what, like, what good content that was! <laughs> Welcome to another episode. Uh, we live in Arizona. It's, it's too very, hot. It's very hot here. Uh, thanks for listening. Yes, we appreciate you. But on the other side, like one of the things that aren't hot, the Cats trailer. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I defended Tom Hooper a lot with Les Mis, and I feel like he just betrayed me with that trailer. It's like, yeah. I, felt, I felt like Tyra yeah. Banks, I was rooting for you, we were all rooting for you, what happened? Right. Yeah. I have never yelled at a trailer like this. Yeah. It's, it's something. It's, it's that digitally bad. enhanced fur, is that what they call Digital it? Digital fur, baby. Yeah, they fur. CGI'd that fur, and they gave them human breasts, which is just baffling. <laughs> which is very weird. It's yeah. interesting because, like, the argument that was being made is another movie that's out in theaters right now is the remake of The Lion King. Uh-huh. And so Cats, the musical, is real cats. Like, they're mm-hmm. supposed to be real cats. Yeah. Right. But people are arguing that, like, well, you can't really get expression out of people's faces if you go completely realistic. Right. And that's sort of the case. Yeah. You know, the mm-hmm. new Lion King movie is almost photorealistic. Like, it's watching a nature right. documentary. Yeah. So it's like interesting in a sense of like okay so that went that direction now cats is just like hey let's plast some in face real faces <laughs> on these cats it's like you know the animorphs books and how they looked in the middle let's do that look that's yes. exactly what they look yes. like yeah yes. essentially yes. there's a great uh, movie called what we do in the shadows yeah and one of the guys he can always transform into animals mm-hmm. but he can never get the face right right so it's just they'll show the animal with his face like his human <laughs> face and that's what it reminds me of cats yeah. Yeah, or they could have just looked like how they looked like in the play. Like that would have been fine too. Right, and doing like an actual like special effects yeah, in the environment, but look yeah. like you know, like you know, actual like real effects, you know, or the practical effects. The only person who looks like they fit in that is Judy Dench. Yeah, she does. Yeah, and I was good. like, yeah, cover her in fur. Or, or male Judy Dench, Ian McKellen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the two of them. I just want the two yeah. of them. It's wild. And then, you know, they're showing the cast and it has like a stacked cast yeah. of like yeah. really good actors and actresses and Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> but but it's interesting. Also, they made Rebel Wilson a bigger cat. I was like, of course they don't. okay, I don't know if that was necessary. But... And then Idris Elba looks like the sexy, like, mysterious cat with, like, his, his I want, shadows. I want to save him from this yeah. movie. When I saw him in the trailer, yeah. I was like, I want to snatch you by the back of your fur and rip yeah. you from this movie. Yes. And also, who knew Jason Derulo still has a career? Jason that, Derulo. Yes. Is that all he's going to do? Probably. <laughs> I'm in Cats. Jason <laughs> Derulo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Give me Kenny. Yeah. Um, oh, but then the discourse became very quickly after that trailer came out is... Would you fuck the cat? Would you fuck oh, the cats? Would I fuck any of those cats? I mean... Judy Dench, I for sure would. She would take care of me. I mean, Taylor Swift's kind of going on. She like they pours out the little catnip. I noticed they enhanced her boobs, too. There they was did. a scene where she they turned did. around and I was like, that's not how you look. I'm an on expert on Taylor Swift's real-life bus size. I know. And this does not look proportionate. <laughs> this is the hill I will die on. Her boobs are too big. Um, <laughs> they Kira Knightley King Arthur postered her boobs, and I'm upset about it. It's tough because cats in general is just a weird thing. It is. Right. Like, literally, the player is just introducing the cats, and yes. then one of them gets to go to heaven. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like a weird premise for a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a famous quote where um, Prince saw cats, mm-hmm. and they went to Andrew Lloyd Webber, and he was talking to him, and he goes, "Is there mm-hmm. like an allegory? Are they supposed to be like the princess, the queen?" And yeah, you know, it's supposed to be about the monarchy. Like, and then Andrew Lloyd Webber goes, "Nah, man, it's just about cats. It's just about cats. <laughs> it's just about cats." <laughs> and that's the way I feel. I can't wait yeah. for the Starlight Express movie in 2022. That would be great. Sending mm-hmm. in trains. I mean, great. Look, like you said, <laughs> like Thomas the Tank. Yeah, <laughs> I like the king's speech um, i did too again we talk about we've talked about Liam is on the podcast before mm-hmm. not everybody's cup of tea right but he finally learned how to do a wide shot which is nice you know instead yeah. of just zooming in on everybody's face right. Granted, if they zoom in on these people's faces it's nightmare feel yeah, they, it is nightmare they feel. do zoom in on jennifer hudson's face yes it's jarring and james corden like his face doesn't look aligned with his body yeah yes. it's just so interesting like to me because, like, we all are working people, mm-hmm. you know, and on, and we uh, have on the jobs. podcast. And when you make decisions in the office, it's usually not one person making a decision. You oh, know, no, like, no. it's a Room team, yeah. and it has to go up to upper ups and yeah. things like that, management. That's the same way movies have to be made. Right. So there are so many people <laughs> that this had to pass that they kept saying, no, this is good. This is great. Or, oh, or the studio could have just said, no, we're doing it this way. This could like, do that. Yeah. Could yeah. Be yeah. Thing too. yeah, I mean... It's interesting. You just introduced the premise to how did this get made. Yeah, it's, it's interesting though. It's just like, it's just like no man, like, this is it. Yeah. This is this it. This yeah. is it. Real faces. All I know is I'm just glad that shortly after the Top Gun trailer was there as a palette mm. cleanser. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we should preface, um, currently happening right now um, is Comic-Con. 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 So in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of cool trailers that we'll run through and that we got a chance to see. Um, okay. But yeah, it's interesting. I mean like, it, 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 going back to Top Gun, we'll jump to Top Gun. Um, you take Cats, which is so out of left field, and yeah. it's like, what? It's like, <laughs> I, I, I like teared up. I teared up. I like my fr- like three people texted me in a row and goes, "Hey, the Cats trailer's out. Have you seen this?" And I just looked at them. I'm like, I'm st- I was dumbfounded. Yeah, <laughs> I, was like, I don't know. My my doing. jaw was literally dropping. I was like, what? What? What's Why? What? What are they doing? I was like, what are they doing? Um, so it's like one of those things where I'm just like, wow. And then another buddy sent me, um, yeah, I think it was Jason actually, um, in our group chat sent me the Top Gun mm-hmm. 2 trailer. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay, let's watch this one. Right. And I watched it and I was like, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Top Gun's my dad's favorite movie of all time. So I sent it's that to him. It's, yeah, such it's a dad, a dad movie. movie. Such a dad movie. So I sent him the trailer and he was like, I had no idea this was happening. I was yeah. like, well, it is. And I'm <laughs> taking you and I'm the best daughter. Yeah. So. And so at least, at the very least, it's going to be a beautifully shot, beautifully done movie. Mm-hmm. And Tom Cruise is obviously going to do all his stunts again. Right. Fly all the planes and stuff like that. Fun, fun fact, Ed Harris is less than 10 years older than Tom Cruise. Really? And Tom Cruise looks like he's not a day over like 40-something. Mm-hmm. Right. It's wild. It yeah. Uh, this movie, and this could, needs to be fact-checked, but I'm pretty sure it's being directed by Christopher McQuarrie, um, who did the last two um, Mission Impossible movies. Oh, okay. Which okay, have gotcha. been... Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, our, we are produced. Fashion. I know it's produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> yeah, Joseph Kaczynski. Okay, so oh. forget what I said. <laughs> he did Tron Legacy. Okay. Uh, that's what his, his major film claimed to be in Oblivion. Um, Christopher McQuarrie is writing it. So he's oh. not directing it, he's writing it. But they did announce that they are going to do two final Mission Impossible movies together. Oh, so you're which is jazzed. Awesome. Oh my gosh. We've had, we talked about this on the show before. <laughs> well, Mission, Mission Impossible, Fallout especially, rules. Yeah. It is so good. It's so insane. incredibly good. 
But yeah, this looks great. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, in my head, I just got a little less excited because I thought it was Christopher Foyer doing it. But yeah. um, you know, he wrote it, so I'm still excited yeah, about still that. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's that's so cool. I mean, you know, it's you know, it's one of those weird things of nostalgia sells. Yeah, so. I screamed aloud when I saw the little recreation of the volleyball yeah. scene. And I was at like, work and screamed in my office. And then it's that slow guitar riff, and I'm like, yeah. Yes. Now we're now we're doing this thing. Yeah. Um, I may have blasted Danger Zone after watching oh, it. Too. Man, it's I mean. bad volleyball, bad <laughs> jets. I mean, it looked, like I said, Jason, this trailer has everything. It does volleyball, volleyball and jets, jets. <laughs> Tom Cruise, and a bar. The two, and the bar is an <laughs> the two, yeah. the two sexualities: volleyball <laughs> and jets. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm on board. I mean. It looks great. Um, uh, speaking of nostalgia, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. That's yeah. really yeah. awesome. Really shortly after. Yeah. Surprised they got all the people that they got. Yeah, yeah. So, for sure. Yeah. Skinny Bob. Skinny yeah. Bob. So for yes. those of you guys that don't know, back in those days when those movies were big, you know, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, mm-hmm. they were definitely prominent actors in that little, I forgot what they call their universe, but they have their own little universe oh, that all the movies yeah. take place in. Yeah. Um, and it's great. It's great to see... Um, I think that's either his daughter or it's his daughter. It's, it's his, his, daughter. Daughter. his daughter. Yeah, so yeah. she's in it, which is great because they need a good movie because they was in that Yoga Hoser movie Yoga that was very oh. and Tusk before that oh, and Tusk, shoot. which was also I wild. Had erased Tusk from my life. <laughs> 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 yeah, almost everybody. Yeah, um, but no, I lo- I like Kevin Smith. You yeah, know? I and too. and he's a great example too of like you know he had a heart attack mm-hmm. and then he's like okay something needs to change right and then he completely like you know changed his life and his way yeah. and I read an interview he was like if I had died I was going on yoga holders no <laughs> so he's like I'm definitely getting the Jay and Silent Bob reboot made yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah and an interesting story too a little tangent um, is uh, after he had his heart attack J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams um, sent oh, him a message and he's like hey, he's like, hey man uh, when you're feeling better I'd love to have you on the set and Kevin mm-hmm. Smith took him up on the offer and then they were filming a scene and J.J. Abrams goes, whoa, 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 don't go on there. And he goes, why? Mm-hmm. And he goes, that's the last shot of the movie. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I promise you, I don't want, um, I'm, I'm talking about Star Wars Episode Nine. J.J. Right. Abrams is directing yeah. it. Um, he's like, this is the last shot of the movie. And he goes, I don't want it to be spoiled for you. Like, this is He truly, said it's going to melt your mind. Yeah. I don't want you to see yeah. this. And like, Kevin Smith was like, okay, okay I want to see it. And all the cast it. and crew were like, yeah, man, I wish I didn't have to like be a part of it. Yeah. But like, it's really, really cool, which is cool. Which yeah. Do you think that? Okay, no. We're, we're getting Vendemption. We won't do this. There's a time travel theory now going around in Star Wars. Really? But it's not really I've, time yes, travel. Heard. It's like yeah. they're able to go, because Kylo Ren and Rey have like that memory bond that you see in the last movies. Like they can go into each other's memories like right. so yeah. vividly that well, it's we've like seen the transfer of fluids yeah. so yes. lots of weird universe rule bending is uh, uh, transfer of fluids are we saying that Ray or Kylo Ren can fly around a planet like Superman and reverse time and no, that kind of yeah, thing yeah that would be cool but no it's more like they can go into each other's memories so deeply that they can like live them type right. of thing so she might go to the moment where like Luke Skywalker almost killed them or something right. like that and just like see that through. Interesting. And that could be interesting no, it could I be mean, interesting I, I <laughs> hope they keep like I think episode seven was so very, hey, here's Star Wars, A New Hope Again, mm-hmm. with these yeah. new characters. It's very safe. Episode right. eight was the complete opposite. It's yes. like, <laughs> you guys like Star Wars? Well, this is a completely this different type Star of Wars movie. Star Wars on acid. <laughs> and I loved it. But, yeah. you know, it's very like, polarizing. like, pop an edible and watch yeah. that. <laughs> it's very polarizing. I loved it. It's like, it. hey, who's Ray's parents? Nobody, because who cares? <laughs> She's just uh, type here. of thing. And it's like, and now JJ's coming back. Yeah. So I hope it's like a middle ground. Of like, I think it will he, be. He yeah. did say that The Last Jedi made him bolder. 
Good. For episode, yeah, he was like, did. I love he that did. he took. He was like, I love that Ryan Johnson took risks. Like, I never would have made that to. shot, which is great. Yeah. Yes, because it's so it's such a shame that like studios do it. Well, that's a weird thing to say, but like you know, <clears throat> movies get made because studios put money behind right. them. Right, yeah. and a lot of times, unfortunately, that also includes actors and actresses. That's why mm-hmm. you see like uh, that Ghost in the Shell movie, like Scarlett yeah. Johansson. There's so much backlash around that. It's just a mm-hmm. Can't get that movie made if you don't get a big budget actress like that. Right. Unfortunately, yeah. um, granted, yes, I believe you know if the roles are meant for certain demographics, yeah. that like, we should fight very cast, hard to right. cast it demographically. Sure. But it's like hard because at the same time if they come in and they're like, "Hey, man, like Lord and Miller." They were like, "Hey, we have a really cool idea for Solo. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to mm-hmm. be great." And then it didn't jive like with what they were doing. And then, yeah, you know, there was also some other weird things about, like, Aideen Killich. That's not how you pronounce that. But <laughs> Han Solo, not, you know, the, you know, doing certain things. But, like, it's it's wild because then Ron Howard came in and saved it and made right. it the most baseline, like, yeah. hey, you know, here's a, here's a movie. It's a Star Wars. Yeah, here's, yeah. Like, here's, here's, here's a Star Wars. Jedi was nice to have a fun movie. Yeah. You know, just yeah. a fun popcorn movie. Yeah, yeah so for it, sure. Yeah, and, you know, so it's like, I, I like that they're getting these things, and then The Mandalorian comes out this mm-hmm. fall, John Favreau's, yeah. you know, Mandalorian, yeah. which yeah. John Favreau needs a win. Um, so They just announced, like, a four-part comic miniseries to I come out you. of Marvel for yeah. um, the Knights of Ren and Kylo Ren. Oh. The writer was like, it'll be yeah. Ben to Ren, and you get, yeah. like, it's going to come out a couple weeks before the movie, so you get his whole backstory before be you go in. And I was like... <laughs> They're also making a new Lego Star Wars video game nice. that comes out before the movie. But mm-hmm. the last time that happened, I played Lego Star Wars, and it had episode three. And you played through the entire plot of episode three before the movie came out. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, that's wild. It is yeah. wild. Because yeah. it spoiled everything. Yeah. And I was right. like, that's really weird uh, that they would really put weird. it out there because yeah. all the same beats yeah. uh, right. were in there. But... <laughs> Um, also, we were talking about Scarlett Johansson a little bit. Did they announce what tree she's going to be playing next? Uh, <laughs> is that something that they... A maple. A maple? Uh, a maple. Okay. Yeah. Was, yeah. And, and also she's on top... keeping the red hair. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> applause there. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But speaking of casting, there's also been a lot of controversy about The Little Mermaid. Yeah. You know, and who should be allowed to play Ariel and other characters. Oh so I, for the most part, have liked the casting a lot. I have Even Melissa McCarthy's Ursula, I think yeah. she'd be really good at it. Did she sign that? Did they say that's not for not officially? But I don't think she's uh, official. Every, everyone is like in the like contractual phase of like discussing contracts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They said Javier Bardem potentially King Triton. Love that. Yeah, Love I mean, that. Though someone mentioned Terry Crews. I, especially with, I would also like that. Yeah, I, I, I think he'd be perfect for King Triton. That would be interesting. That would be awesome. Be cool too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, at the end of these days, they have to do something like mm-hmm. different. You know, mm-hmm. we, we talked about it off air, but like The Lion King just came out. Mm-hmm. And that is very much, besides a few things, very much a shot-for-shot shot remake of the 1994 yeah. Lion King. Right. And I think that hurts it in a sense that yeah. it's just like, you know, what animation was able to do was mm-hmm. magical. Right. And while CGI and realisticness, not a real word, but <laughs> like is great, like the magic's kind of gone because right. it's not there. So it's like my favorite remake has one of them has been Dumbo, Cinderella, because mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. changing up the yeah. story enough right. and doing something yeah. different. So if Little Mermaid does something different yeah. enough, mm-hmm. then I'm all for it. But then it's one of those things where yeah. Disney's too, it's like, damn if you, damn if you don't. If you like, 
stick too much to the original, it's like, what's the point? But then for some people, if you change too much, it's like, well, where are the songs in Mulan? Like, you know, where's all, yeah. where's the dragon and stuff like that? <laughs> well, so. yeah, well, people also have to remember that, like, I don't want to say stole because they're, they were probably public domain by the yeah. time they adapted them. But all these stories, Disney didn't create Mulan. Right. You know, yeah. Mulan's right. been around for hundreds and thousands of yeah. years. Yeah. And same with, like, Beauty and the Beast. And, right. you know, these stories have been they're around They're all forever. old tropes. Yeah. Yeah. Disney like, yeah. just it's took like, them and animated them. No, yeah. they're taking the story of Mulan and making a movie. They're mm-hmm. not remaking the Mulan movie that we right. saw. Right. So, which is great. I mean, that yeah. trailer looked awesome. And they're yeah, also I trying love, to yeah. make it more historically accurate. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, culturally appropriate appropriate exactly yes, they're like um, we don't have dance and singing dragons in China honey sorry like, we don't <laughs> I mean it's, it's I do love me a Mushu but like yeah. I like it Although, in a cartoon not yeah, I did yeah. hear a sad story that Jeremy Irons did try to get back to be Star or Scar mm-hmm. or he said he'd be interested in playing them and they were like, they were like no, no. Chief they're like sorry we saw beautiful creatures we're not hiring you damn <laughs> ouch <laughs> thank you <laughs> Also, I want to do a quick update because since our last segment about Rotten Tomatoes ratings, some oh. of them have come out. Oh yes, okay. yes. And so I don't know. I don't know if you guys have what you wrote down originally, but Child's no. Play, I have fifty-seven. It's now sixty-four. So okay. pretty close. Okay. I think I had that one at sixty-nine. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man was the closest for me, eighty percent, ninety percent. Okay. So we all thought that would do really well. Right. Um, Midsummer. We kind of had it lower because horror is more divisive, mm-hmm. but it's at eighty-two percent. That's on awesome. Which is really awesome, and I saw it, and it is, it is definitely stays with you. Some of those Does images, it? yeah. I learned what a blood eagle was. A blood eagle. Look it up. <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> I don't do want to ruin it for people because everyone <laughs> here should watch it. But really disturbing. Uh, oh, no. And then. Lion King, I had seventy-two percent instead of fifty-five, with an eighty-nine percent audience score though. Ooh, so. Yikes. Is that 55? 55%, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Dora didn't come out yet. No. Dora hasn't come out. Hobson Shaw, Dora, Scary Stories haven't come out. What about Spider-Man? Uh, that is a 90%. Okay, nice. Very Would you nice. have that? What? 82. 82? So, nice. Good job, Spider-Man. Did you guys see Spider-Man? I did. It was good. I, yeah. yeah. It's good. They did Mysterio in a, the, a unique way. They did. That, like, yeah. how you have to do Mysterio. Yeah. And mm. Jake Gyllenhaal is wonderful. I love Kills Jake it. Gyllenhaal. Yeah. He's great and everything. Yeah. I like their little dynamic. Yeah. And like all their promo stuff, it's been fun to yeah. watch. Also yeah. for me, J.K. Simmons, you're the real MVP. Okay, calm down. Louis <laughs> <laughs> has been out two weeks. Two weeks. I mean, in the, movie, gonna... in the movie, a scene comes out of nowhere. I, I know, because people. that's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think they expect now? Oh my God, J.K. Uh, Simmons is in the new Spider-Man movie. I wonder who he's going to play. <laughs> Damn, that's rough. <laughs> We'll edit it in post. Um, no, we won't. I know. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I mean, you know, we watched these together this morning, but uh, they just came out. Uh, the The Witcher, based mm-hmm. off a very popular book series mm-hmm. yeah. um, from Poland, and a very... Is it a video game? Yes. Okay. Uh, a vi- very, very uh, acclaimed video game, critically acclaimed yeah. video game. Yeah. I think The Witcher 3 is the <laughs> most critically acclaimed video game of all time. So it's like won the most best uh, video games of the year awards and things like that. Um, Very good game. Uh, But yeah, um, Henry Cavill, who I love. Thick daddy in that trailer, honey. (laughs) Those muscles. And it's great too because like, you know, they they have all the characters, Yennefer and Siri yeah. and things like mm-hmm. that. And again, some of the corners look a little weird, like yeah. CGI and stuff like that. And also, like, Netflix was like, what can we 
acquire that is as close to Game of Thrones as possible. Mm. The Witcher. Let's go. Let's That's make this smart. Game of Thrones Similar. too. Well, everybody's trying to do yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Amazon yeah. has their Lord of the Rings series yeah. spinning up, and um, oh, you know things like that. And also, I don't know for people that don't know, like they really missed on their subscriber estimates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now with the office and friends leaving, like they really yeah. need to get some stuff. Netflix has getting... been in the red for a while. Like yeah. this is the first time they missed on subscriber. Well, yeah. not the first time. But, you know, like, they have missed that, but this is, like, the largest margin that they've missed. Yeah. What, 2.5 million? Yeah, right? a lot. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's just hard because, like you mentioned, like, like Jason mentioned, <clears throat> it's when you have this content and then all of a sudden the content starts, like, going yeah. into other places. It's, like, it's hard because it's, like, no, I want to subscribe to the NBC for yeah. the Yeah, well, then like Disney's that. pulling, like, all of their yeah. stuff off yeah. Netflix, too, because they're going to start Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Or D plus, then Warner Brothers has their service HBO Max, which I don't yeah. get that name because I just get, people are going to think it's HBO, not Warner Brothers. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. it's very confusing. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's so <laughs> funny because we all cut the cord, save money, and now there's so many streaming services that yeah. would probably cost more. Right? Than cable it's like month. it's like okay, so how many of these do I need to sign up for before I'm like, well, I just get premium cable again? My current account is seven. I'm signed up for seven services. You have seven, Whoa. and I have my sister's Netflix account. Yeah, nobody owns an actual Netflix account. It's like it's like six degrees yeah. of yeah. Netflix. Yeah. It's like <laughs> that's who owns exactly this? It. Yeah, it's like um, I think I personally own three. Three? Yeah. Okay. And then I share two. Okay. I think I'm shared for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, which is nice, you know, save some money. But I think I'll fit the bill for Disney Plus when it comes out. Well, that's also yeah, really that's affordable. The, that's the one on my list where I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm paying yeah. for I this work with, too. I work with um, family members, mm-hmm. um, so like we share an iTunes account. Yeah. So like we just use the same iTunes login, and then mm-hmm. we buy movies. So we build up the the library that everybody yeah. has access to because we're mm-hmm. dealing with like 4K. Yeah. And Apple does a really nice thing. So any movies that you bought previously that have 4k versions they automatically gave you the 4k version okay. which oh, was nice. super nice and then sometimes <laughs> movies just go on like flash sales so I, I bought Mission Impossible Fallout I think it was like 6 bucks mm-hmm. and I was like yeah a man. very surprising purchase oh, for man. you it's, I have all the Mission Impossibles in 4k movie marathon I did I actually watched all of them leading up to Fallout like one oh, night and they're, they're all so unique and different because yeah. that's the one thing with like Christopher McQuarrie coming back to do two more because he was mm-hmm. the first director that did two in general because you know the first one was Brian De Palma then we had John Woo then you had J.J. Abrams Mm -hmm. um, then you had Brad Bird um, and then you have Christopher McQuarrie Christopher McQuarrie and now two more with him so it's very interesting because every one is so unique and different like John Woo you know you got the doves flying motorcycle jousting you know uh, J.J. Abrams Philip Seymour Hoffman was the bad guy in Mission Impossible 3 and he was so good rest in peace I love him Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah and then this trailer we watched this morning um, Watchmen um, which is mm-hmm. a continuation off of the movie. Um, the movie, which is based off of a comic book series written mm-hmm. by Alan Moore, who just announced that he's done writing comics. Really? He's yep. retiring. Oh. Um, so, yeah, the Enjoy trailer looks interesting. Yeah, the trailer looks interesting. Um, it did. Yeah. I mean, and it's by Damon Lindelof, uh, mm-hmm. who, one of my favorite shows of all time, The Leftovers, mm-hmm. um, wrapped up, and they're, you know, usually how it works is, you know, you contract these directors for certain amount of time and they're like mm-hmm. hey man you got anything else you need it's like let's do Watchmen I was like hell yeah, yeah. that's inspired <laughs> um, you know obviously very famously from Lost who yeah. worked on Lost yeah. with JJ um, but no you know it looks interesting great cast yeah. I mean I'm interested know. to see yeah. it I really liked the graphic novel did not like the movie so much what, what's surprising about that um, but watching that trailer I was like oh this is a direction that I yeah. like yeah yeah it's interesting yeah. and like I said you know like 
it's so cool. One of the coolest things to me in general in 2019, granted this started way back, you know, mm-hmm. years and years ago. But like back in the day, there was this notion, like there was a stigma towards TV. Like mm-hmm. these big stars would be like, no, 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 I don't do TV. I don't, I'm, a, right. I'm a movie star. I do movies. But yeah. now, so, and like I said, this has been around for a while. You know, every Sunday I watch Big Little Lies, mm-hmm. and you have Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Laura Dern, yeah. Queen, uh, Meryl Streep, yeah. uh, Zoe Kravitz, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Shailene Woodley, uh, like on your television. Yeah, and it's like that's incredible just to talk doing about. TV. And Adam Scott. I was also reading an article where someone made a really good point where in the '70s, '80s, even '90s, it was television that was for the masses the friends right. the cycle all these sitcoms yeah and movies were for the niche audiences now it's mm-hmm. reverse it's for movies Everyone it's it's all it's for it. the mass audience all the marvel all the stuff like that now yeah. tv maybe because of all the different tv channel streaming services now all those tv shows are trying to find a niche audience yeah, you have to your find pockets. somebody yeah. yeah and i like it too because like there are so many platforms that like I love the show The Expanse. It was on mm-hmm. Sci-Fi for three seasons. Incredible show. Then it got canceled because Sci-Fi's rejiggered what they wanted to do for their programming. And then Amazon was like, "Okay, we'll pick it up." Yeah, and now I they do picked like it up. And then it's like, "That's awesome!" You know, that's yeah. a really cool, unique thing that you know, like if there's that like just happened for AP Bio too. Yeah, AP Bio. Um, one, one day, day at a time, time. which is kind of awkward for Netflix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is weird too because you know that was in like a Netflix type Original. of show, yeah. and then you know to go to a different platform, but. <laughs> Again, like I said, you know, if this content can live on, it, like, yeah. you know, I get it where you can get it is yeah. my yeah. thing. You know, like, right. you know, like Big Bang Theory lasted 10 seasons. Yeah. You know, the yeah. people that watch Big Bang series, I'm happy for you. Right. Like, you glad know, glad you so got like, that person. So like the one day at <laughs> a time fans, man. yeah, one day at a time fans, I'm glad that that show lives on sure. and we'll do it. Um, but that's not that much of a hot take. And as Espo points at me, <laughs> so one of the comments that I received after our last episode, we basically took people's hot take they submitted and either agreed or took them to the woodshed. Uh, whoever hates Reese Witherspoon, I still haven't forgotten you. Uh, How do you hate Reese Witherspoon? I don't know. I, don't, I don't know. But people want to know our hot takes. Drew Barrymore is not a leading lady. <laughs> I agree with that so hard. I mean, it's sick. fair. I mean, it's fair. It is but. fair. Yeah. So, it's so fair, it's right. It is. So we we thought <laughs> we each thought of a couple of hot takes that we have, and so Espo, if you would please do the honors of starting with one of your personal hot takes. Absolutely. Demon hot take. Um, so if you guys go to your internet browser of choice and type in www.bit-ly backslash srbest, B-E-S-T, It'll take you to a website that simply says, Is Speed Racer the best movie ever made? <laughs> I, I own that website. And, of course you do. And the answer is yes. Um, Speed Racer. One of the best the movies ever made. Visually very pleasing. Not only one of the best movies ever made, the best anime adaptation to a movie mm-hmm. ever made. Um... It's just joyous so, in any way, shape, or form. I, I, I have a question. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm coming from an angle of someone who hasn't seen the movie. I found it for cheap at Zia. Uh-huh. It was like a, a three for five sale, and Speed Racer was there, so I picked it up. That's insulting to <laughs> Espo's favorite But having movie. said that, so <laughs> as someone who didn't like The Lion King because it was all computer-generated and too cold, one of the common criticisms, uh, criticisms of Speed Racer was that it was all computer-generated and very cold. So what is the difference between something like Speed Racer and the Lion King. 
Speed Racer is 2008, so it's 11 years old already. So even worse CGI. Okay. So yes, but at the time it was revolutionary because mm. nobody was doing that. Like you know, do, and it afforded them because Speed Racer, if you watch the show, the Mach Five can do absurd things. Lots of crazy so you're not gonna get away with not doing. You know, it's not Mad Max. Nobody's given Wachowski brothers like that's not the way they operate. If you look right. at their pedigree, but up to Speed Racer, the Matrix movies, mm-hmm. um, it's like special effects is their thing, right? Like yeah. they made their name on these, you know, flamboyant special effects, and I think it works because one thing about Speed Racer, and Mallory mentioned earlier, very colorful, mm-hmm. and the thing with the CGI is it lends to that colorfulness because not only are the races CGI, the majority of that movie is CGI, so yeah. people's yeah. offices, everything. Right. And it lends to the credence of it being a very vibrant, colorful movie, yes. and it affords them that luxury to do saw blades coming out of the side mm-hmm. of the Mach 5, you know, the Mach 5 jumping off of cliffs and right. driving down mountains. And it did that, and it did that in 2008, which was, again, mm-hmm. you know, uh, well ahead of its time to be like, hey man, the majority of this movie is CGI. Because even at that point, I don't think 300 came out yet, um, or if it did, it was very close. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, hey, man. Visually different. Yes, it's like, hey, we're going to spend the majority of this movie just, you know, blue screen. And yeah. we're going to do it like that. And like I said, it, everybody plays their role. Um, Emil Hirsch is a perfect speed. Mm-hmm. You know, Matthew Fox from Lost Fame at that time was Racer X, and he's mm-hmm. great. John Goodman plays the dad, and he's great. Susan Sarandon. I mean, it has a really all-star cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Chris, uh, Christina Ricci mm-hmm. is Trixie, and that's a perfect casting. That was a great So cast. it doesn't, it, it feels cold only because it's like watching a movie where, like, special effects were so far ahead of where they were, like, right. supposed to be. So it feels mm-hmm. a little out of place. Like some people got taken out of it a little yes. bit. Yes. So it's sort of the reverse of, like, a cat's uncanny valley <laughs> in yeah. a sense of, no, this seems sort of out of place. Like, these yeah. are real people in this weird, vibrant... the world still feels like a cartoon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool that's for an anime it. adaptation. Yeah, that's a great way to explain it. I the think world for feels like a ca- cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you run into these problems, like Alita Battle, uh, Alita Battle Angel, which I liked. But it's one of those mm-hmm. things that it feels like a very grounded, like, hey, the world looks like a real world. Right. That anime was set in a real city and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, but it's one of those things where it's just like, no, man, this is vibrant. This is colorful. This is Speed Racer. And everybody knows it. Ten years on, people know what a masterpiece <laughs> Speed Racer was. Just Google Speed Racer masterpiece, and there's like a hundred articles that are just like, were we too hard on Speed Racer? Speed Racer, ten years later, the masterpiece that it was. And it's true. It's so good. So if I went to a movie theater and I asked 10 people, Debbie, you're going to be racer, how many do you think would know? Probably three or four. Three or four. I'd probably say 30 or 40%. Because remember, the anime was from the 50s and 60s. It's an old anime. And the anime talks like this. And they talk like that. And you know, it's like, oh, anime. Ah, no, speed. We Ah. don't do this. Ah. Um, Obviously, the movie plays on that a little bit, but it's not like that. Um, So the movie, probably like five. But the anime, probably like three or four. But it's just, like I said, in my mind, the greatest anime adaptation to a movie that, you know, (laughs) I've ever seen. Um, Not great competition, though. Yeah, I mean, there there has been, like, Alita Battle Angel did a good job um, Mm -hmm. translating that anime to a movie. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's a very interesting, unique thing. So, it's the best movie. Go to that website. (laughs) 
Oh, and I don't, I don't want to follow no, that. You no, follow that you one? get to go. I don't okay. want to follow that. Okay. Well, <laughs> I also have a best movie ever made hot take. Okay. So I'll, I'll wait. Okay. Well, mine's kind of long, maybe. Uh, oh, God. It's a whole page. It is a whole page because I have evidence for this one. Oh, I need evidence. Okay. Is that a timeline? It is a timeline. Okay. And let me explain why. <laughs> They've done an okay job recently, the Academy Awards have, but I think mm. there was a period oh. from the. Like, I want to say the mid-80s. That's supposed to show me the website. Yeah, I see it exists. The I Speed Racer website. Yes. The Speed Racer. That's There's no made. color or pictures. It's, it's, it's just It's a total antithesis of, of Speed Racer, essentially. Do you pay for this to stay if live? We, yes. If we do <laughs> if we do thumbnails for the podcast, it's this can be one of our thumbnails. Or we can We can put the website in the show notes. Photoshop okay. our faces well, into yeah, a scene yeah, from Speed Racer. Yeah. Thank um, you. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. My turn. Uh, so... <laughs> From, I want to say the mid-80s to 2008, 2009, the Golden Globes got it right more than the Academy Awards. Okay, I am so I excited to yeah. hear your evidence I because okay. I want to, I'm not going to know if I, I was going to say, I don't remember. Yes. Oh my gosh, I can't believe in 1983. <laughs> evidence. Okay. Jason actually brought up that one year. <laughs> Golden Globes before I was born. <laughs> no, okay. So I'm going I'm to start with some more recent ones. So okay. in the case of like, Social Network or King's Speech and Crash versus Brokeback Mountain. Golden Gloves went with the correct movie mm-hmm. each and every time. So they chose Social Network and David Fincher for directing and they chose uh, Brokeback Mountain when they didn't even nominate Crash at all. Oh, smart. Smart move. Smart move for them. <laughs> Your mom would have must have been devastated. Yeah. Yeah. She was yeah, she was crying. That is home. a Jason Mom movie. Yes. <laughs> And I hope to get a segment with my mom. At Have some we point. introduced a Jason mom movie to our audience? We have. Is that just no, in our group this chat? Is the, the, this is yes. That was just group chat. So in our <laughs> Sorry, world, Jason's it. favorite mom movie is Crash. <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, I don't have a website where you can yell at me or my mom <laughs> for her opinions. Uh, it's called Twitter. It is yeah. Twitter. Yes. So if you really, if you want to rage at my mom for that, yes, just you know. At mention us on Twitter. Yeah, yell at us yeah. or Jason's mom. Yeah, and I'll show them to her. Great. Yeah, that'll be great. Crush okay. Spirit. So that's the first one. Uh, they they went with Mickey Work for the Wrestler over Champagne and Milk. That's one. Kate Blanchett. They chose her in for I'm Not There, where she played Bob Dylan. Oh. And she was yeah, great in that. That was great. Uh, who the, the Oscars choose? Um. Oh, I don't have who they chose oh, on okay. that one. Uh, not significant enough apparently for me to write that down. <laughs> Didn't remember. No. Uh. Meryl Streep was phenomenal adaptation, and she won. Where in the Oscars was Catherine C. Jones, so the Golden Globes didn't even nominate. Mm. Chicago, yeah, for Chicago. For Chicago, yes, I Chicago. Did like, I did like her. Uh, in Chicago. Chicago was great. Yeah, uh, Jack Nicholson for Bob Schmidt, as opposed to Adrian, Adrian Brody in the problematic penis movie. Uh, <laughs> pianist, <laughs> thank you. Pianist, the penis yes. movie. I love the penis movie. Yes, I loved the penis. <laughs> <laughs> they Kate, they gave Kate Hudson a war for Almost Famous. She was great in that. Sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, Ang Lee <laughs> got an Oscar for I mean, a Golden Globe for Crouch and Decorated Dragon. Great. Tom Cruise and Magnolia over Michael Caine's Center House Rules. Jim Carrey wasn't even nominated for an Oscar, but he won for The Truman Show. Saving Private Ryan won. Uh, Edward Norton and Primal Fear over Cuba Day Jr. Uh, Tom Cruise won for Born on the Fourth of July. E.T. won Best Picture in the Golden Globe for Gandhi. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg won for Color Purple, Francis Ward Coppola in Apocalypse Now. Needed. Eddie Murphy got his Golden Globe for Dreamgirls when it went to Alan Arkin. Yeah. Little Miss Sunshine. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Denzel Washington won for the Hurricane over Kevin Spacey and American Beauty. I mean, I mean, even today, I feel like the Golden Globes still get it a little bit more like better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in yeah. A sense of like, it's, I know it's weird because it's like the Hollywood Foreign Press. Like, I, I don't even know what that is. It's kind of an oxymoron. Bunch of Hollywood white guys, bunch of white press guys in a room. Yeah. Saying they're foreign, you know that's Hollywood pretty much. <laughs> White people pretending to be foreign. Scarlett yeah. Johansson, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Yeah. We're coming I mean, for her problematic. Yeah. I always like when the Oscars do get it right. Yeah. Right. Sure. It feels great. It. Yeah. 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 And then they also have so. the best actor in a musical or comedy, which is mm-hmm. kind of problematic because sometimes the Golden Globes don't know. Like they put The Martian as a musical or a comedy, which doesn't right. make sense. And you're like, Why? But that's just an extra award where you can give like Michael Keaton award for Birdman or Leonardo DiCaprio for Wolf of Wall Street or Bill Murray in Lost right. in Translation or Jim Carrey Man on the Moon and Lion King and Bacon get recognized and Robin Williams in a couple movies. Mm-hmm. So remember when Leonardo DiCaprio won his Academy Award for The Revenant? Yeah. yeah. The Revenant. He had to get eaten by a bear. Yeah. The Revenant. Yeah. <laughs> Out of all the Leonardo DiCaprio all the movies he's yeah. won, he's he won for The yeah. Revenant. Yeah. yeah. And he won at the Gold He acted the hell out of he getting did. eaten by that bear. Yeah. You don't understand. The Revenant. <laughs> <laughs> I repeat. No. Again, not a bad movie. Yeah. No. no, not a bad movie. But not great in any no. sense of the word. No. Now, I will admit that the Gold Globes hasn't been perfect. Like, they chose Evita over Fargo. What are you doing? And they gave Avatar for the Hurt Locker. <laughs> okay. okay. So there's a couple blemishes. But I think if you were to go toe-to-toe with each each year, yeah. I think the Golden Globes would win up more. Yeah, like over-over. Okay. Yeah. okay. But That's like fine. that evidence that you supported, it doesn't really make it a hot take because I agree with a lot of the Yeah, I have and, to say. But, I, well, I do know like in the movie community, like it's, Peter Travers and Rolling Stone like hates the Golden Globes with the passion of, yeah. fire, of A Thousand Fiery Suns. Oh, so, um, I also I like the Golden Globes a little more too because they let everyone get drink. drunk yes. as fuck and then go do that and they don't feed them on oh. purpose. All yeah. award shows are bad because not one of them nominated Paddington two for anything last year. <laughs> oh <my laughs> not one. He did win some foreign awards though. Hugh Grant, sure. won, Hugh Grant won an yeah. award. Did he get a BAFTA? But I, that might have been the one. Okay, but cool. it's because they understand yeah. the importance of Paddington yeah. two. Yeah. Americans. Yeah. Can't do but anything. Hugh Grant did get his Golden Globe for Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yeah, oh, so. yeah. <laughs> that did not win Best Picture, but it was nominated that year for Best Picture. Um, it won musical comedy in the Golden Globes. It was nominated for that year for the Oscar. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Forrest Gump, I think. I think Forrest Gump won. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. 1994 is a tough one. Pulp Fiction, Quinn Show, Shawshank, Shawshank yeah. and they gave you know, Forrest Gump. Ugh. We might we might mention that movie later in this. Episode four. So be prepared for that. Um, All right, now that okay. you you can follow a less passionate hot yeah, take I now. <laughs> now already, so. Okay, so I actually I have two hot takes. My first one I'm not going to go into too much detail. Okay, so this will be like a snake draft where we go. Okay, and yeah, into, yeah. Okay. okay, okay. For sports reference, sorry. Right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so my first one that is quick. I wholeheartedly disagree with Espo on what the greatest movie ever made is because the greatest movie ever made is Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, boy. It has everything oh, in this movie. I swear to God, it is so good. It is colorful. It is funny. It has fucking musical numbers. It has Julie Brown. Julie Brown singing some of her best music ever in the world. She's on the beach, and she makes fun of brunettes. I love it. Jeff Goldblum without a shirt. I love it. It's so good. That's my quick take. That alone is a hot take. Jeff Goldblum is hot shirtless. He's 
so hot. He walks out of a young standing. Jeff Goldblum young Jeff Goldblum walks <laughs> out Jeff Goldblum. of a fucking standing tanning bed, glowing, and he looks beautiful. In that Even movie. now, Jeff Goldblum, he's like a silver fox type of thing. He's, he's so hot. He's getting it. He's so hot. He's good. Anyways, my bigger hot take, which I know I'm gonna get shit about, but I believe it. So I guessed it on a podcast. Let me double check the name. Always the Critic Movie Podcast. So I just guessed it on this a couple weeks ago, where we did like a, a hall of fame for rom-com actors and actresses and i submitted an actor that got me so much shit oh, Drew Barrymore. Okay. not drew barrymore actually she made i think she made it on the list was hugh grant was hugh grant a no, first she ballot didn't. hall of famer huh was hugh grant first ballot Hall yes. Okay. So I'll go through who go through, made it. I made it. I made, made it through. So we did the entire episode was us going around and voting and figuring out okay. who it is. So here was our Hall of Fame: Sandra Bullock. Yes. Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. Yeah, Meg Ryan. Yes. Drew Barrymore. Okay. okay true. Okay. Nice. I was upset about it, but okay. okay. True. Get it. Matthew McConaughey. Okay. I was upset about it, but all right. Hugh Grant. Yep. Julia Roberts. Okay. And Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we had some like heavy contenders. I submitted. Danny DeVito for Romancing the Stone. I love Danny DeVito. I love Romancing the Stone. <laughs> Thank but you. Hall of Famer? Hall of Fame. comedy? His performance in that movie it's is It's very good. It's great. Astounding. It's not a romantic comedy, but That movie is 100% a It's a parody of Angelina It's a spoof. But I can see it. She's a romance writer. The whole thing is based on it's a romance novel. Yeah. Come I to mean, life. I could see it's a rom com. That's like yeah. saying Indiana Jones is an archaeologist, so it's a nature documentary. So uh, for my rom <laughs> So for for our rom com podcast when we get into like arguments like that where it's like, is it really a rom com? Is it a true? Is it whatever? Fight we go on we go on IMDb. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I'd win every time. I'm a scrapper. Um, we look and see on IMDb if it has romance and comedy listed under its genres and if they're both on there then it's a rom-com oh, okay what a, what a system the same thing that has avengers endgame as the third best movie ever made <laughs> <laughs> he's really holding it down no but i understand and that's a good he's, list all those people are yeah i think are i think danny devito body of work mm-hmm. is a tough thing to look at i yeah. mean he was it a is junior. hard um yeah not junior uh twins twins um but, he's in junior too. Yeah, I think he is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So yeah. he has some good like comedies, but romantic uh-huh. comedies not usually enough. not. But I'm just saying that performance was so transcendent and good that he deserves a spot just for that. I'm glad you guys like an honor. No, yeah. Kate Hudson. She was brought up, Interesting. but we did not all agree because like Matthew, Mc- like Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. They're on Perfect. there because like oh they were shoe exactly. We all but, like voted Matthew for McConaughey. Them. Interesting choice, but most famously. You know, he was with Kate Hudson in How Does a Guy Ten Days and Fool's Gold. Don't forget yeah. Fool's oh, Gold. Oh, God, Fool's Gold. Um, but yeah, I mean, and Reese Witherspoon. I'm glad she made it. I love Reese Witherspoon. I even like Home her. Again. I even like Home Again, which was oh, like you a did. year or two ago. Yeah, I didn't like, like it, but I, I respect that you liked it. I think it. I gave it three. I think it's three out of five. Like That's a nice, fair. Yeah, like a That's nice, fair like, for what it was. It's like, okay, it's older Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Like, you know, Drew Barrymore and Matthew McConaughey making on that list. I did try to fight. I wasn't fans of... Either for a Hall of Fame. Yeah, for a Hall of Fame. I was like, I, I think know, they're involved. Is, for the first half of his career is very romantic comedy driven. It was, but I don't think he's good in that. What about a Julia Roberts? Julia Roberts is on there. Oh, she's on it? Yeah, yeah she yeah, made yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My argument for Matthew McConaughey is you could replace him with any leading man and those movies would still work. Whereas... Is that with most rom-coms? No. Okay, slow down. No. Now you're just rom-coms. If you did You've Got Mail and replaced Tom Hanks, that movie doesn't work. It's not good. That's true. With Hugh Grant? 
It wouldn't no. work. Really? No. Because this was also, we have to remember, this was like the third or fourth Megara and Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. So that adds to it. But yeah. Fox. F O X. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is definitely a hot take. Thank you know, thank Danny, you. Yeah. Danny DeVito has a sex symbol. <laughs> he I love it. belongs on the list. Um, and He's then, great. real quickly, uh, we t- these two just go back to the ones we talked about in our introduction. On board 100% with the Cats movie. On board. So on you board. Are. I'm ready for it. You're Ooh, ready bring, for it. bring it to me. You're ready. In a hate watch kind of way? Or? No, like, uh, like you're actually this. excited. I don't, you know, I don't think this is going to be as bad as Les Mis, and I don't okay. think it's going to be as transcendent as a Chicago. I don't So agree. I think it'll be like right there in the middle. I think it'll be like maybe leaning towards uh-huh. Les Mis territory, but not as bad. So you got on the ride and your seatbelt's buckled yeah, and you're ready. ready to go. And Watchmen. Good movie. Good adaptation of oh, source material because I think I think that book is very hard to adapt. Yeah, yeah and the it changes is. they made, like at the end, an alien attacks. Mm-hmm. But in this one, they make Doctor Manhattan sort of like the bad okay, guy, yeah. which yeah. plays a little bit more. Like instead sure. of an alien coming out of nowhere and attacking New York, it's like mm-hmm. no Doctor Manhattan. Like like if Doctor like somebody like that existed in the world today, mm-hmm. and they yeah. like. Basically, the thing of that is everybody has to work together because right. it's like everybody hates each other in the world. But mm-hmm. it's like when push comes to shove, we got to do it. And it was well casted. And again, there's an ultimate edition. So in the comic book, there's a comic inside of the comic. Yes. And they sort of tried to do that with the animated version. Gerard Butler actually stars in the animated Tales mm-hmm. of the Black Freighter. And I don't know if that works entirely, but yeah. the director's cut especially adds a lot of good scenes to that yeah. movie. But it also mm-hmm. makes it like four hours, yeah. which oh, is a tough sit through. But they did a good job. Yeah. And then my hot, hot take, Tom Cruise rules. Tom Cruise rules. That's a hot take? Tom Cruise rules. A, a lot of people don't like Tom Cruise. I, I don't well, like I'll, him I'll, as I'll a person. I'll co-sponsor that hot take. Okay. okay. Because, like, yeah, because, like, a lot of people... I don't people... think I like him as a person, but I think he always fucking rules in movies. Exactly. He knows how to pick a because role. Because a lot of people don't segregate, the, like, people's personal lives right. with their That's roles right. in movies, yeah. and that sort of gets problematic. Yeah. Unless you guys, unless you guys had more hot takes. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have I, well, I do have one more. Go. No, no, no. Go. No, 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 okay. I was trying okay. to segue. We've all done both. Okay. 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 So, so this, this is a very abstract hot take. Abstract. Ooh. I like it. But I think satire will be totally a lost art within 20 years in Hollywood movies. I kind of already is. I can see it. Can you elaborate? Okay. So... What 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 two things do you need in satire? First of all, you need to create an environment that is totally one hundred percent believable. Mm-hmm. Either you have to suspend your disbelief, or you have it has to be a world where the audience buys in. Consequently, right. on the other side of the coin, people have to know you're making a joke. It right. has you have to give a wink and edge. That's a tough mm-hmm. line to walk mm-hmm. already. You know, right? So you have these movies like Fight Club. Mm-hmm. That was a satire on toxic masculinity that right. people saw as just a straight macho movie, and they started fight clubs across the country. Uh, Starship Trooper, <laughs> Starship Troopers, and we were. It's kind of like a parody of, of fascist propaganda, but people mm-hmm. saw it as a pro-America military movie. Right. Uh, I was reading about Apocalypse Now, and they said that I forget who said it, but it was, it was either Coppola or Oliver Stone. But essentially, it's like to make a anti-war movie, you have to show war. Right. You have to show it, and so mm-hmm. because you're showing war, you know people can get jacked on those How do you images. not glamorize it? Right. You yeah. know, when they when they play Wagner in Apocalypse Now, people, mm-hmm. you know, get off on it. Where it is the, right. the, op- the opposite was the intention. Interesting. And I think, we were talking about Tropic Thunder a little bit, I think that I think that's going to be, especially comedy, will that be the last line where 
that satire line can be walked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Tropic Thunder could come out today. No. I, I think we talked about this in the we last did. episode we where we were yeah. like, there's certain things in there that would right. not But it's like apply. Ben Stiller's intentions were two things. His first intention was like, back back at that time, people were playing mainly challenged people to win Oscars. Uh-huh. I am Sam, Forrest Gump. Right. Uh, and well, who's the other? There's a, there's another third popular one too that was Dustin oh. Hoffman, Rayman. Yeah. yeah. Rayman, yeah, yeah. Right? And he wanted to spoof Radio. that. And in order to spoof that, you kind of have to show someone being that in the yes. movie, right? Yes. And then the other thing was Robert Downey Jr. was like, the idea was to spoof method acting. What's uh-huh. the ultimate conclusion in method acting? Obviously, right. playing another ring. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think the reason that worked and didn't get as much blowback is because, one, he wasn't the only African-American in the movie. Correct. Two, they call it out and say, you're yes. taking roles from me. And the third That's is that the thing. Ben Stiller, while filming, was talking to people. He was like, hey, how... Do you feel about this? And how would you feel this is a real life situation? And the mm-hmm. guys were like, "Well, this would be really shitty." Right. And so he took their concerns and put them into the movie. Uh huh. You know. And so movie. I think that's the level that you just right. brought up is if you're going right. to do a satire like that, you have to you have to be openly self aware yeah. of what you're doing, and you have to yeah. show your audience that you're self aware. But we're kind of living in a world where people aren't are I don't want to say less self aware, but mm-hmm. they're trying to see. You know, people are just try. You know, they're trying to essentially look at the thing from face value and say this can't be betrayed and not look at intent all the way uh-huh. all the time right and it's okay cancel it's, culture right is what you're saying and i think there's validity to that but i think because of of that we're, we're gonna have, we're gonna see less and less especially mainstream movie satire and people attempting mm-hmm. it because it's a line you really have to be careful yeah. and one wrong move can get you justifiably so or not justifiably so called out for it so mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean I can see that. Yeah, but I'm still glad that there were the movies like like Death of Stalin was a great mm-hmm. one yes. last year and things sure. like that. But it's like I could definitely see that. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's one of those weird things where but that also lends to the credence that movies in general are a different beast today. Like it's even hard to get those movies made and yeah. to play yeah. in big theaters. Mm-hmm. You know, because we do live in a society where it's like. Hey man, people don't like the average ticket price for a movie theater ticket. I think is like fourteen dollars yeah, right now. So like you have to really sell what you're going to see the movie for. Uh-huh. And like a movie like you know like I'm so excited to see the farewell. Mm-hmm. But how do you convince people to spend fourteen dollars on the farewell when you spend fifteen dollars on Lion King or mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Spider Man or something right. like that? Right. So like even make getting these movies made is going to be tough. Well, especially people will just go, like, "I'll see that on Netflix or Hulu when it comes exactly. out." That's why the long yeah. shot and movies like that aren't doing as well because they'll see right. it one at home when it, when you, when you can stream it. Whereas right. Marvel movies and stuff made. like that are much better suited for like the big screen and Dolby yes. surround sound and stuff. Yeah, like that. so it's interesting. Yeah. But I mean, that I hope those movies. I, I think those movies will always exist. I just mm-hmm. feel like. They're gonna get smaller and smaller of a pocket. Yeah. Yeah. That like the nerds like us mm-hmm. will always be able to dissect them and be like, oh yeah, that's was a great satire for this. Right. But the yeah. mainstay, especially you know, not bringing too much politics into this, but in 2019, where like everything you read is like one of those things. That, real like, life feels like a satire. Yes. 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 Yeah. That's why Deep ended. Deep mm-hmm. ended because they're like real life. We it's can't. Not funny yeah. Anymore. We can't parody real life anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this isn't funny anymore. Yeah. This is just reality. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's interesting. That is, that a, is a good take. take. That's a good take. Yeah. Okay. And I agree with it. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. A sad take. Yeah. It, yeah, is, it is a sad take. What a but, bum take. But speaking of sad and problematic issues, we're going to talk about problematic movies. No, right. these are problematic movies that we know have issues, whether mm-hmm. for social issues or just plot holes, flaws, whatever. Or people involved. Or people involved, but we love them and we yeah. are going to each talk about a couple and mm-hmm. explain why we will defend these until the bitter end. So, sure. 
Mally, if you want to go first, yes. I'll go one yeah. first. Okay, so um, I also recently rewatched Grease and. Grease is the word. Grease is the word. Have you heard? And that movie is real fucking problematic. Is it? I haven't seen it so. I would say, like, the overarching theme is. Danny and Sandy, their love story, them trying to make it work even though they're two very different people. And in the end, Sandy changes herself in order to be with Danny and make their relationship easier. She just leans into, I'm just not going to be the person that I've been through this whole movie. Right. It is kind of like that weird, like, princess, like, I'm going to change myself to get the man. Although my defense for this movie is, because I still love it, is also the whole b plot of that movie is danny changing himself to be good enough for sandy he tries to become a jock he like kind of ditches his friend so i'm like you know there's we watch danny try and change through the whole movie it's not like he didn't do nothing he doesn't do nothing exactly so i still defend it i still like it but i can see how from a feminist standpoint women are you one of the grease two is better than grease the original Grease bandwagon. I don't think it's better, but I do still find it an enjoyable movie, yeah. though I know fully Different. that it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's definitely a bad movie, but I find it very enjoyable. Yeah. I like that Craterface comes back. Craterface? Craterface. Don't change back. yourself for anybody. That's no. the moral of the story. That's the moral no. of the story. It's Unless fine. you're Sandy, because find then someone who will also look at Shaq videos in the Shaq in the front row of a concert and laugh with you. That's right. Um, That's right. Yeah. So, this was one I saw really recently uh, that I wasn't expecting to love as much as I did. Mm-hmm. And it's a favorite of a friend of Espo Mines. Not really, but we like to say it is. Uh, Footloose. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, so, I'm trying to go back and watch these 80s movies that were really yeah. popular at the time and try to understand why they were popular, if they deserve to be as popular as they were. I did it with Dirty Dancing, and I didn't enjoy nearly as much. Oh, my heart just stopped. Okay. I mean, I, I gave it three and a half. It wasn't bad, but I mean, there's definitely some plot issues, and it didn't. I hated the fact that like it takes place in the '60s, and like for the final dance, it's like a song from 1988. Like it takes me that. out of it. I love that so much. It's a great song, but it just I don't know little things like that. Sure. Uh, in their world, they could have existed with with the drum machines and they the echo <laughs> and the synth music. Yes, yes, because they had. Synth- I like it. <laughs> I, like I said, I, I, I didn't like hate it, but it's not like my favorite movie. It, yeah, it's but, always weird to think about. I remember being here. a little kid watching the yeah, movie, yeah. not realizing it was but, set in yeah. the sixties. It's always weird to think about that stuff. It's like Veep we just talked about. Like Tom Hanks exists in the Veep world. Uh-huh. So does that mean Julia Louis Dreyfus exists in the Veep world? Right. Oh, then, those like, are interesting right. questions. It's like, you know, yeah. like a, it's like a weird thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but, why but, is but, but, but like I said, with, with Footloose, maybe it was because it was also based on a real situation I read beforehand, where a town literally band dancing so it's like this could be real life a little bit but all the actors were great Kevin Bacon was great Mm -hmm. Uh, the dancing scene with him is simultaneously the most awesome and totally ridiculous unnecessary thing ever simultaneously (laughs) love that yeah and but for me it was John Lithgow John Lithgow makes this movie yeah, like he's great. He, he, yeah. don't, don't tell him this is a team movie because he gives it all the commitment <laughs> needed. And again, my favorite villains are the ones that think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Like they don't think they're the bad guys. They're doing the right thing. And so therefore, right. it's easy when they change because there's a sympathetic component to them that try that's trying to be the best person they can and then evolve. And so yeah. I think John Lithgow didn't make him a total, you know, creep or asshole. You mm-hmm. know, there's some humanity there. And so I thought yeah. he really was like the cherry on top of that movie, but really enjoyable. You know, very close to the high school experience, even though they all look like they were in their early 20s. Oh, you played, a lot. You played a lot of tractor chicken? I did. I did, Rosiel. Yes, I did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and it gave yeah. us so many bangers. 
great movie. Oh, the soundtrack is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Very good. Yeah. Real good. Um, yeah, for me, uh, a little bit of a different approach is more like an actor's or like mm -hmm. instead of a movie-specific. Yeah. Um, last week, uh, was it, I think it was, well, not last week, but the last episode, we talked about some of our favorite movies of the year. Mm -hmm. um, and one of mine was a film called Dragged Across Concrete, which is this mm -hmm. dark noir thriller uh, starring Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson. Mm -hmm. uh, and we talked a little bit about problematic, you know, Mel Gibson and right. things like that. And, you know, my personal belief is everybody is you're never one thing you mm -hmm. know bad things happen and you make mistakes and this was a bad mistake that he made mm -hmm. and even in his in real life i don't know i've never met him in real life so i can't tell you if he's a good person right but you know they took five six years off of hollywood and then he mm -hmm. came back and you know like with you know with like a great movie called edge of darkness which was like a noir type of detective movie. Mm -hmm. Then he did The Beaver, directed by Jodie Foster, which was one of Jennifer Lawrence's and Anton Yelchin. Um, great cast there. Then he did these movies like Blood Father, Get the Gringo, which was great. He directed an Academy Award nominated Hacksaw movie Ridge. in Hacksaw Ridge. Mm -hmm. And then most recently, this Dragged Across Concrete. So like, granted, these aren't triple A. Granted, Hacksaw Ridge was a big push. Like, granted, these aren't triple A movies. Mm -hmm. I'm just glad that Mel Gibson is like in things again. Because I like oh. Mel Gibson. I guess that's really the problematic thing. <laughs> that's yeah. the thing. Like, I like him. I like, I like Mel Gibson. And again, again, just sort of like Tom Cruise we mentioned in the last segment, right. you know, I definitely can separate like the the people, you know, uh -huh. unless it's like a, a, like a Roman Polanski, like a, uh -huh. you know. That's your line. Yeah. And that's like, the problem. Everyone has their different yeah. lines. And again, and again, yeah. a lot of people won't agree with that because right. they're like, no man, he was very anti-Semitic and things like in that. In my head, yeah. Mel Gibson crossed the line for yeah, me. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, you know, can you forgive him? And like I said, you know, I don't know him as a person. I don't right. know if he's changed as a person. I don't know if he still goes around saying those things. I don't even things. think it's up to us to forgive. It's do you support yes. right. his so, career now? Yeah. yeah, so it's just like one of those things. When I watched Dragged Across Concrete, I was like, I'm glad Mel Gibson's doing doing something. I was like, because he's he's excellent in that movie. Right. And again, it, like we mentioned on last episode, I recommend you go listen to that. Um, but like, it, it plays off of what happened, what, oh, what happened to him, and things like that. And yeah. you know, it's, it's it's an interesting thing. But yeah. yeah, so more so less than so than movies. I all I guess granted, all five of those films could be problematic in a sense of mm -hmm. they star Mel Gibson, and right. Mel Gibson right. is problematic. Yeah. So. Right. I see what you mean. Yeah. There. I would I got you. Okay. So my other one, I've, I'm like on a theme with you with like 80s movies. Okay. I just feel like that was a golden era of like, this yes. movie's great, but wow, I right. can't believe. Yeah. So I think you just watched this one recently, 16 Candles. He just I have major hand. problems with this movie, but go ahead. Yeah, go okay, ahead. Okay, okay. So I agree though. There's a lot of shit in this where I'm like, every time I rewatch it, I have moments of like, deep and warm fuzzy nostalgia like that scene of her sister getting high off muscle relaxers at her wedding is one of hands down one of the funniest scenes i've ever seen in a movie i fucking love that scene when she plays with the yeah. woman's hair yeah, she comes out it's so great but hella problematic because there is like clearly a sexual assault that happens and we yeah. just act like it's okay date rape yeah, yeah. there's a full-on <laughs> date rape that happens and also the racism in that yeah. movie is wild yeah. it's so bad and like it it's like the definition of a guilty pleasure because I will watch that movie and feel like deep guilt during those scenes. Yeah. But then the other scenes that I have such a nostalgic tie to, I can't, I can't help myself. I love it. Yeah. Okay. It's a problematic one. It Maybe is a problematic yeah. fave. That's, yeah. that's the segment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish Molly Wingwell did more. Yeah. I know. She was on Riverdale. 
Oh, Not she? too long ago. She plays Archie's mom. Yeah. Yeah. Good they cast, build, they yes. build her up for like a long time and then she shows up and you're like, fuck yeah, it's Molly Ringwald, okay. red hair, of course. Absolutely cast. Yeah. yeah, it was great casting. And she's like not in it super often. I yeah. Actually, she might come back now that Luke Perry's dead. I know. It's sad. Because Archie's going to need a parent. Yeah, it's sad. I love Luke Perry. Yeah. That is very sad. Riverdale mm-hmm. got bad, but the first two seasons yeah. were good. So Anyways. the reason I was alluding to Forrest Gump was because I haven't watched this in a while. Okay. <laughs> but maybe it was because growing up I could relate to a guy that was basically a loser. I was bullied a lot and stuff like mm-hmm. so this guy that was a loser and was able to be successful and meet right. all these people and stuff like that. So be, you know, win people over with this running and stuff like that. Because he was just such a good person. He was. Yeah. yeah you know. Mm-hmm. And he had a good heart and stuff like that. Right. And then he fall in love with Forrest Gump. Like, you know. Yeah. And I, and I, I being a huge fan of the 60s. Mm-hmm. Like it's a watershed moment in history, so I love anything about the '60s counterculture stuff like that. I'll read about it, watch movies about, it, and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. So I think I've come off of it being the best movie that year, like mm-hmm. I thought for a long time. But I will still be a supporter of Forrest Gump. Okay. And are you saying Forrest Gump is problematic because he's like simple? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. All right. And because we're at that point where now we're having to think pieces of Forrest Gump being problematic and stuff mm. like that now. So. That it's weird when like when it's it's weird to go from like being the majority mm-hmm. to then coming and being the minority. It's just yeah. a, it's just a weird feeling in general about anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that is interesting. Cause like I when I watch I've only seen Forrest Gump like twice yeah. because I, after the second time I was like I don't need to see this again. I've seen it. Yeah. Um. I he doesn't he's not so simple that he doesn't have agency. Though you know right. what I mean, so it doesn't feel that problematic to me because it's never making fun of him. No, it's showing him as a good person who, like you said, has bullied. He had a rough upbringing because he yeah. was different. Yeah, but he still managed to win people yeah. over. Yeah. Now Jenny's a problematic character. In this Jenny's movie. problematic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we're talking about like you sure. know the, we were talking about like the, in Greece like changing for somebody. He was trying so hard to change for Jenny. Right. But she was just like you know the worst. You know, yeah, him not Jenny's being able to terrible. realize that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. When I was growing up, it's like, oh, it's just, it's just, it's just you know, love conflict and stuff like that. And you get older, it's like, no, dude. You're like, yeah. I see what Run you away. mean. Run away. Run away. I see what you mean. Jenny's yeah. like taking advantage of his right. of his state. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I suppose we remain silent. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing or you're just letting us talk. You got or... shrimp gumbo, you got shrimp grits, um, shrimp <laughs> potatoes, <laughs> shrimp pasta. Oh, oh my shrimp. God. I, I don't I, I'm not a big fan of Forrest Gump. Uh, I think it's an okay it's movie. Fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, talking back to Jason's points about Tropic Thunder, I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like, hey man, you yeah. know Tom, you know Tom Hanks came back to back. You know, a man who had AIDS, and then you know mm-hmm. Forrest Gump, you know, to win a bunch yeah. of awards, which yeah. was great. I mean, yeah. I love Tom Hanks and everything. Sure. But um, John Travolta was actually supposed to play Forrest Gump. Can you imagine that? Oh, man. Whoa. Oh, man. That's wild. Jenny up your nose with a rubber hose. (laughs) And it's definitely definitely different because, like I said, you guys both mentioned 80s movies and, like, different times and things like that. So, like, definitely now they're problematic. You know, I'm sure in the 80s people were like, hey, man, I love Footloose. (laughs) Like in Training Places, hey, we can have Dan Aykroyd disguise himself as a black man. Yeah. Yeah. With, With dreads. Yeah, speaking yeah. a Jamaican accent. Yeah, okay. nothing wrong here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, in the 80s, there was nothing wrong there. There was, no. Right, that um, was just comedy. Yes. And then my other one is definitely, uh, I love Kate Blanchett. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so like when she won for Blue Jasmine, I was okay. super excited about it. I thought I liked Blue Jasmine. Yeah. I even liked uh, Midnight in Paris, mm-hmm. the Owen Wilson movie, but and Annie Hall, mm-hmm. but it's very problematic because Woody yeah. Allen is right. kind of a piece of crap. Yeah. Right. You know, so it's one of those things of again, like, do you want to support him? Yes. Yeah. And again, I won't lie. Watched all of those movies on the internet, so I technically didn't support him. Perfect. Because yeah. I didn't see? pay for any. Yeah. I didn't pay for any of them. There I didn't pay for any of them, so I watched them on the internet. <laughs> now, see, um, growing up, Woody Allen was one of my most favorite comedians and writers. Yeah, and so I grew up on his movies. Yeah. You know, I you know, I didn't. But even though she loved him, I didn't watch a whole lot of them. Like I think right. I've only seen two Woody Allen movies. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where because she loved Woody Allen, I was never. Because it's like nowadays, anyway, people are like, "Well, you should have known about what happened." I was never exposed to about mean, the whole, no, yeah. the whole marrying yeah. his his adopted daughter yeah. technically until I was much older. Right. And even then, it was like, you know, because it was high school. It was like, okay, well, people forgiven him, so it must not it must have been too bad. There must have been some justification for it, mm-hmm. and you don't think beyond that, you know, until you know, more stuff comes out yeah. and you're forced right. to look at it and be like, holy shit, this is what you're This was thought. bad. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, a lot of that got swept under the rug. Yeah. Although I will say, when I learned about him marrying his daughter, I was like, ew, yeah. nope. I was, I was like, I was that like means that. something yeah. was going on in yeah. that house. No, it's gross. Um, it is gross. Yeah, oh, for sure. And it, it, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, but when you're, when you're younger and a kid, you know, you're trying you to see... You don't know, well, yeah. yeah. You're also trying to think like, that must have been justified because he's mm-hmm. in making movies and stuff like that, so... Maybe there's something wrong with how I'm thinking about it. Because you're a good kid, right? Yeah, and his movies are interesting, too, because they're so big. And, like, if you're into film or into pop culture, you're almost looked down upon if you're like, oh, you haven't seen Woody Allen movies? And that's going to be very different. Nowadays, there's going to be kids younger than us in the next generation. Like, no, I refuse to watch those even if they are good or even great. I don't want to support that. And I want it to be known, too, that, like, I am never going to look down on a person if they like a movie that is by one of these problematic people. Right. I think that, you know, go ahead and pirate them, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you don't, you know, because definitely don't support these people mm-hmm. um, with monetary gain. But, like, you know, if you do like, you know, Passion of the Christ, if right. you do yeah. like, you know, if you do see Drag Across Concrete and like mm-hmm. it, you shouldn't feel bad right. about yeah. liking something because yeah. of that. Um, and, you know, and I don't want the inverse to happen, too. You know, mm-hmm. I never want to talk to somebody or our listeners on the podcast and be like, oh, Andrew's favorite movie was Dragged Across Concrete this year. It has Mel Gibson. Actually, Last Black Man in San Francisco kind of irked out. Yeah. Um, that's for a different time, but it kind of beat Dragged Across Concrete as my favorite movie so far this year. Yeah. But, like, you know, it's one of those things of just like, oh, he likes, you know, he's a Mel Gibson defender. I'm like, no, I'm not. I just right. liked just that movie. Liked that and Mel Gibson happens to be in that movie. Involved. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it's just one of those things where, you know, I just don't want people to be You hard. can still li- yeah, I think the three of us are on the same page of we're very good at separating the person yeah. from the work. Uh, there's it, the morality question of supporting unfor- it. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately in two thousand nineteen especially, it's people latch on to things very quickly. Yes. So it's like, oh, Andrew liked Direct Cross Concrete, right. that starred Mel Gibson, he's anti Semitic. Andrew's anti-Semitic. Right. I'm like, right. no, 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 no. I'm not. Right. Absolutely like, not. not yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's like one of those things I'm just like, right. you know. Well, for me, it's it's all the main thing is always intent. Like, yeah, and yeah. it's always good to question intent. That's a healthy thing to question. Mm-hmm. But if Mel Gibson's trying to, re- if he's learned his lesson and he's redeeming some of his big movies that are, that are respectable, and for me, it's like, okay, I may not forgive you entirely, but I can at least respect that you're trying to change. Whereas if his next yeah. week was like some, you know, 
propaganda piece where it's like anti-Semitic and you, right. you haven't learned shit, man. Go to hell. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like Clint Eastwood seems like the biggest D-bag in the world. <laughs> right, but we're like, still watching yeah, this Yeah, Clint Eastwood seems like, you know, like not a great he person. He talked to that no. chair yeah. Not that a great time. person, yeah. you know, and it's just like one of those things of just like, Good and Bad and the Ugly is one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. Right. You know. I also feel like the older you get sometimes, the more you get to your extremes too. So it's just the question yeah. is as you get older, you may become more extreme and more problematic too. Oh, Jason hates old people. Put it on Twitter. <laughs> Put it on Twitter. <laughs> Jason <laughs> old people. No, Cancel yeah. Jason. No, cancel Jason. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah. But those are all very problematic movies. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. But, but movies that I do recommend. Right. Like yeah. I said, you know, those are, if you love it. movies, like it, it's, it's a very interesting thing because I love video games mm-hmm. and the video game world is very interesting yeah. because it's like, I'm very fortunate enough. I have an Xbox, I have a Switch, I have a PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, but people have this notion of like, no, 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 gatekeeping, all this stuff of just like, no, you're bad because you do this and things like this. Right. But as someone who loves video games and it can afford everything, like, why would I ever shut myself off to seeing something or playing something just because, you know, it's on a system that you yeah. might not like or something like that? Right. And as someone who genuinely loves movies, mm-hmm. like, you look at my letterbox, I'm close to like 3,000 movies, right. it's egregious. But I love movies, yeah. and I never don't want to watch a movie mm-hmm. because, like, the zeitgeist around it might be problematic. Right. Like, again, like, I've watched movies that are bad movies, right. like, you know, like, uh, like the Human Centipede mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. That's a right. disgusting, yeah. like, trash movie. <laughs> yeah. But, like, as someone who's, wanted inter- to see it. <laughs> in, who's, yeah. someone who's interested in movies yeah. and that, the zeitgeist around that movie was like... Mm-hmm. This is weird, yeah. bad, it's disgusting. I mean, look at it like an art form. Yeah. Well, there's, it's a, like, there's a few you know. for me. Like, I'll probably never watch Birth of a Nation, the, the first yeah. one, for, for, you know, because it's obviously a, like as close to an evil movie as we'll ever get. Yeah. Because what you're trying to convince people of in that movie, you absolutely. know? Absolutely. Right. Like, even Gone with the Wind made me cringe a little bit. Yeah. Very, <laughs> it should make you cringe a lot. Yes, yeah, it should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. And movie. as a fan of Gone with the Wind, yeah. that movie. That was, yeah. And so it did. Yeah. It was, yeah. That's yeah. a very problematic movie. Damn, I should have written that one down because that's on my list. Very, very, yeah. Yeah. But I just want to experience them. I just want to experience right. these movies because, like, I know the type of person I am. Uh-huh. So when I watch these movies that might be, you know, propaganda and things mm-hmm. like that, you know, that's not the type of person I am. Right. right. You know? It's... And just because you watch something doesn't mean you yeah. buy into it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I know people that still don't believe in the moon landing and Apollo 11 came <laughs> out this year, which is incredible. Great. Yeah. And it's like, how can you watch that movie and not believe yeah. it landed on the moon? <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, so we're gonna go now from problematic movies to movies that Espo has a problem with me rating a certain way. So it's a different <laughs> kind of problematic. So this starts because me and Espo kind of have a sort of philosophical difference on rating movies. Espo doesn't usually you, you never rate movies a half a star. No, I just no, full stars. He does full yeah. stars. Like I think you said, well, it's like around. especially when you get to like bad movies, it's like nitpicking. Yeah, and it's simplicity. It's yeah. like you know one of the things that like you read a review site, it's like this is a seven point six, and I'm like, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. Like why right. is it seven point yeah. six? What makes a seven point six yeah. different than a seven point seven? But right. for me, especially when you get to three stars and beyond, for me there's a difference between a movie that's very good or really good, a movie that's phenomenal, and like a Stone Cold classic, which is what for me a five stars is. It's like one out of ten. So four stars is eight, four and a half is nine. Five stars is ten. Yeah, you know. So I think a one to ten scale of it is perfectly fine. But yeah, when you get to the points and all this stuff, it's a little ridiculous. But because of that, there are movies that I rate 
four and a half stars that Espo in our group chat is like, WTF, man. You know? It's this classic thing. It's like, it's okay to give a movie five stars, man. But for me, a five-star movie means it's like an all-time great movie. Or it just hits you in an absolutely, you know, phenomenal way that just blows you away. It's just that like, makes you shit. cry. Yeah, it makes you cry really hard, you know? It makes yeah. you cry a little bit. It's four stars. That's my, my, that's my system. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. I asked... I'm the automatic yeah. five-star. So, <laughs> I asked Espo, and we also had Mallory join us on this as well, movies that I gave four and a half stars that they feel are five-star movies... Mm-hmm. And they're going to try to convince. I'll open my litter box right now. Oh, we're convincing. I thought we were asking you what would make it a five star. You can do that too. But okay. yeah. that's yeah. where my like, so like, okay. like discovery, like okay. discovery, yeah. like find but out. They, so, but when I was like, convince me yeah. to make give it that extra okay. star. Push so, me to. Yeah. So another thing too is like how I look at movies, which is relevant to the conversation, is essentially like when you were in school, mm-hmm. if you got an A on a paper. Mm-hmm. You did great. That's five stars. Like five right. stars is an A. Yeah. It's not like if if I get an A on six papers in a row, n- none of those papers might be the best paper I've ever written. Oh. But so they you ever were got an six, A plus? They were six great papers. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's very similar in a sense of like you know for me it's like you know three stars good, four stars great, five stars amazing. Okay. You know two stars oh, and one yeah. star is bad. Bad. Um. I don't okay. do zero. But so it's just a different <laughs> philosophy at the end of the day because, like, right. you know, I never – hey, man, I want to go into every movie ever made and give it five stars. Right. You know, that's the dream. Right? And he yeah. does with The Peach Bum. Yeah, well, The Peach <laughs> Bum's incredible. One of the best movies of the year. I've shown that movie to four people, and all four, four people have loved it so far, so I'm excited. It's a great movie. Yeah. I love Matthew McConaughey. But, yeah, so just a little background of, like, you know, hey, man, give me five-star movies. I was like, I love right. five-star movies. Give them to me. It's like it doesn't have to be that movie that's going to be like, hey – this is the this is the changing movie. This is the defining yeah. movie of our generation. The two thousand ones of the world. The you right. know things like that. I don't think two thousand ones five star movie. Um, yeah, four and a half. Yeah, there it is. Um, <laughs> so uh, the first one is Whiplash. Okay. So first, you know, give me your. You know, we'll only do like two or three. Yeah. Um, so like first, give me so four and a half. Yes. Give why why not five for you? So a couple reasons. So. Like you were saying how you gave Wizard of Oz four stars because mm-hmm. of what it did to Julie Garland. Yeah. For me, I was in this culture a little bit. So I was in a, I was in jazz bands. I was in a jazz on the mountainside camp where I had this director that was a legendary asshole. Oh. There was myths that he would throw things at people. Oh, and we were getting into the into practice and stuff like that. And he would literally call me in the bass player out and like, play. And we'd play. And the guy was like pointing at me and said, I follow this guy. This bassist is too slow. And he would like call oh. people names. He called me names. Yeah. And I would tell my mom, and then my mom called a neighbor who I was friends with at the time. I uh, would call his mom and basically confirm that he would call me these names and stuff like that. And it got yeah. to a point where I called the director due to my mom's suggestion to try and like get this settled out. So mm-hmm. this took me back. It was in some ways it was a little painful. Yeah, like PTSD. Uh, PTSD a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. And yeah. the main the other thing for me too is like, you know, I don't care how much an asshole of a guy is. is I don't think he would ever throw a performance. At the beginning of the movie, it was all about the performance and his performance perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would sacrifice that philosophy at the end just to get back at someone. Gotcha. I mean, he was doing community band at that point, so I don't think he really cared as much as when he But was, if you, you have know, that passion director. for jazz and stuff like that and, and trying to get the next, uh, the next bird, Charlie Parker, yes, you're going to carry that. But yes and no, because essentially... You, uh, look, you're talking to somebody who can forgive somebody. If they hurt me, 
I'm all about it. Like, not all about it, but like, I'll forgive you. You know, I, I, but if you hurt my friends or family, it's a lot harder. Yeah. But not everybody's like that. Mm-hmm. So to get a man who was in the prominence of his career and revered as one of the best people to ever do this, to get him fired and basically ruin his career and have him perform piano at small jazz clubs and direct community theater clubs, you'd probably throw a performance. No, but as, as you said, like people in the audience were watching where they could get you know jobs or sign to Blue Note or stuff like that. It wasn't just community theater. But yes and no, because why would he ever help that kid again? In a sense, in a sense of like, if if you are good here, there are scouts in here that might get you back in the in the mode, like might get you back. Like, why would he? Want well, I think for him, it would be easy to convince people essentially be top to fix up, explain the situation to them and try to convince them to his side. It's like, hey, this guy threw me under the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't think he would have to throw a performance to do that. And I think throwing a performance would essentially put a black a strain on a black eye on him. Essentially, you're so petty. That you would throw a performance, but there's scouts think, in the audience. Also, though, it. I don't think he would throw a performance because <laughs> I think he Miles Teller's character, um, Andrew, I think um, in the movie, um, maybe not. Yeah, I think it is Andrew. Um, but like, he 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 f's up the beginning of that song and then he gets kicked off stage. Like, well, he doesn't get kicked off; he leaves in embarrassment. No, yeah, but it's one of those things of just like, like that doesn't mess up his performance because he it happens real quickly. He leaves stage, then they do it again. So I don't think it's gonna throw off the whole thing. So I think Andrew, J- Andrew. Yeah. So I think J.K. Simmons is okay with embarrassing him that badly to mm-hmm. then redo it. But just, just knowing asshole directors and yes. being in that culture, and like I just ha- that's hard. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to convince you because like that's a personal experience. Right. And I can never do that. But coming from the other way, again, I don't think it's ever okay to hit anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, especially a teacher to a student ever. Right. But you know, coming from someone who's coached college football, there is a thing. What does it mean to be great? Like mm-hmm. it, like every, like we're doing a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, and this is a fun podcast that we like to do. Sure. I don't think we're ever going to make millions of dollars off of it. No. Okay, <laughs> like, so there's a so question. Question. Yeah. So let's say, uh, let's say there's a theoretic possibility where you do something where a student did, like, say, when you taught Ohio State, okay, basically causes you to get fired. If you join a community college, would you recruit? That, that kid to join a community college or give him a transfer so that way you could get him to lose the game for all of those players? Again, but that's a very extreme example because that person didn't lose the thing for them. He messed, like he got embarrassed. It was a five-second thing. Then they went on with the performance. You're saying lose a whole game is much different than mess up for two seconds and then leave the audience and then just perform the song. Yeah, long, but you're like. leaving your band dry. Like, you saw the basis in the movie. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? That's, you know, they practiced for weeks and months on this music. So yes. then it's not just a little fun thing they do on the side. Yeah, but I don't... Again, I think the analogy is, like, like very low-key versus a very high-key thing of, like, you know, losing a game for someone. Because, like oh. I said, I think... I, just, know, I think you're just underestimating the stakes and in, then in, in this culture. Well, again, it's, it's one of those things of, like... In football, it's a little bit different because you have, you know, 50 to 60 plays to make a chance. Now, if he d- deliberately drops the game-winning touchdown, you know, then that's a problem. But, again, this is more like this is the first quarter, the first kickoff, and then he he fumbles the snap, you know, type of thing, where there's still a whole game left to play. Andrew Te- Miles Teller's character, J.K. Simmons, um, and he messes up, but then they go right back on him. Like, he goes to play, mm-hmm. you know? And again, there's a weird thing well, because it's, it's again, it's a weird thing 
but what does it mean to be truly great at something? Some people, very lucky. They are mm -hmm. born with just a gift. Right. Not a lot of people in this world are born with just a gift. Right. They have to work. They have to work. And this movie, it's basically, what is it to be great? Like, you know, like I said, there's that famous quote, you know, some people are born great, mm -hmm. some people achieve greatness, others have greatness thrust oh. upon them. Mm -hmm. Anyways, in the... In the uh, in the uh, for time, yeah. yeah, I don't think you're gonna convince you on this. One. So let's move, let's move to the let's move to the next. Okay, well, mine's gonna be a lot less contentious. Than that. <laughs> so I just want to know my question. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. Okay. I just want to know what would make this a five star. Okay. You gave Toy Story four a four and a half. Yeah. So what would have tipped it over the edge? Would like a second Forky? Or... Yes, well, second Forky. <laughs> well, when he was younger, there was a big bully in his class that made a he spork. Had a spork yeah. He incident. had a spork. You know, the Toy Story three was just such a perfect ending for it to go out on. Okay. You know that it's just like compared to Toy Story three, it was a it was a wonderful Pixar movie. Mm -hmm. But Toy Story three, worst Toy Story movie. <laughs> Toy Story wow. three, worst Toy Story movie. I, Why wasn't that your hot take really in the segment? But honestly, well? the like, fuck? think about it. Again, I think they're all great movies, but out of the four, Toy Story 3 is probably the worst one. Again, worst okay, is subjective. We, we can debate no, that again, later. Worst is subjective. <laughs> because like I said, I think they're all five-star movies. I think I've given right, them all right. five-star movies. But out of those in that group of five four stars, movies, yeah, in those group of five movies, I think Toys, I think Lotso's a terrible character. Lotso but Bear. The ending was perfect in that movie. Again, and I think doesn't make a movie. I mean, the whole mm -hmm. movie has to be good in order for it to be five I, stars. I you know, so like you can't just be like, "This is the greatest ending of any movie ever made." It's five stars. <laughs> no, well, Rocky. Well, I mean, oh I think my Rocky, god, I think Rocky's a great movie. The whole movie. So but... you're just mad that you. I'm felt not mad. Like... I just, I just thought compared to, <laughs> but, but compared to, 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 then Toy Story 3 is not a great not ending. ending. Toy Story 4 is the perfect ending to Woody's story. Because mm. Woody is a character who exists to appease Andy. And it's he's going to do everything for Andy. And that's mm -hmm. his character arc. And in mm. Toy Story 4, he realizes, no, I can do the things for me that I want to do for me. I don't wow. have to just do it. Yeah. And it depends on how you look at that franchise. Yeah. Because sure. Toy Story 3, perfect yeah. ending for Andy. Yeah. Toy Story 4, perfect ending for Woody. Well, I guess you, if you thought like the, the cycle, the life of the toys to essentially make their owners happy, then he found a new life at the end of Toy Story 3. He wasn't going to be abandoned by Andy as he grows up or shoved mm -hmm. in a closet or an attic. Like He was going right. to help someone else and give that but that's, little girl but a that's new... But that's not Woody's thinking, though. Woody doesn't think like that. He's not think he his philosophy became no, now I have to appease Bonnie. It's not I'm happy that I'm appeasing Bonnie now. It's I have to appease Bonnie because she's she's happy. my child now. Yeah. But in Toy Story Four, he doesn't have that feeling at the end of the movie, and that's what's so great about it, mm -hmm. is because Woody has grown as a character and is not a toy well, he's still a toy, but yeah. he's he feels like he feels like he doesn't have to appease these characters yeah. and there's a whole world to explore that and he doesn't have to be attached to a child. Because that whole movie is um, the doll, the Gab talking Gabby. She's like, I have to find someone. I have to find someone. Right. And when he sees that, he says, I don't have to find someone. Mm -hmm. You know, Bo Peep is my someone. And like, yeah. I think that's a perfect arc for him. So it's just how you view those movies. Yeah. yeah. But what would have made it a five for you? That's what I genuinely want to know. 
Because you liked three. My explanation was like, I thought thought the ending of Toy Story 3 was the perfect closer. So it would be a five star if it didn't exist. was trying to shit on my belief on her. No. No. I'm I'm trying to to find who you believe, like what you believe the story of Toy Story is. Because again, Toy Story 3 does have a great ending. Yeah. It's, hey, we've seen Andy grow up these three movies. We've seen these characters go on adventures. Mm-hmm. Now they're being passed off to go on adventures with a new character. Yeah. But if you do view Woody as the main character of Toy Story, mm-hmm. which is, he pretty much is, you know, from his, hey, we have to do this for Andy, to this, hey, this new toy is hurting my life as Andy's main toy, Buzz Lightyear, mm-hmm. to now, in where he ends in Toy Story 4, of, I don't have to be this toy, to this type of yeah. toy, or this person anymore. I can do this thing, and know I want to spend my life with Bo Peep, yeah. and mm-hmm. go on adventures, then it's just, like I said, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. And no lots of bear. Okay, moving on. Not gonna convince you on this one either. Sorry. Uh, again, again, it's a weird thing. To I think convince. we're just overthinking. It. It's, it's it's just a, a fun series yeah, yeah, of family yeah. movies. You know, there's huge plot holes right. in every one of them. So, yeah, again. So we said it on second Forky would make it a five yes, for you. Yes, second Forky. Okay. Ooh, two Forkies. Two yeah, Forkies. Two Forkies. Two yeah. Forkies forking. Yeah, it's just like a now, I guess. Um, again, there's no real wrong there isn't. way no. to rate a movie. Yeah. Like, no. You watch the movies you no. watch, love the movies you love, hate the movies you hate, you know, um, and things like that. Um, the one of the ones I picked out um, was Heat. Um, the Michael Mann movie, yes. um, Heat, uh, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, yep. bank robbery type of thing. Val yeah. Kilmer, too. He's great. So why, yeah, so why uh, did you give it four and a half stars? What, or I guess, what was that barrier from four and a half so, stars? Originally, I gave it a four, and Espo in our group chat wasn't very happy about that. Uh, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm not about just movies that you mush out to a popcorn. I like thinking movies, but there were times where, like, the plot was, like, I had to pause and rewind to understand plot and what was going on more than once. And so for me, if I had to do that multiple times in the movie, like, I'm not going to give it five stars. Now, I could watch it again and maybe get everything, and it becomes a five-star movie, but in that moment, and that's why we should give it four stars, is because, is it me not understanding, or is the plot convoluted, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I watched Crazy Art, and I was like, that's a four-star movie, and Heat's a better movie than that. So I gave it the five, the half-star yeah, back. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to convince you to five stars, because, like, that's just Michael Mann. That's just Michael Mann's movies yeah. in general. Right. Like, yeah. they are very, you know, convoluted, yeah. you know, and, you know, dense type yeah. of things. So but for me, I love The Insider, because The Insider was... You know, it was thick and stuff, but it wasn't like I never really had to question the motives or stuff. You know, it wasn't right. you know. Uh, and also I wasn't sure oh also oh, oh, so another thing is like I don't know if Val Kilmer was underused. I mean that's just because he's Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and of course they're gonna take away screen time, but like Val Kilmer mm-hmm. could use a little more. And then like I'm not convinced we needed the Natalie Portman suicide scene in that movie. Yeah, yeah, I can. Especially when, when she said that that movie caused her to cut herself later in life, mm-hmm. like that gave her the the motive in her mind to do that later. Oh, interesting! I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I can understand that. For for me, I'm coming about it as there are a lot of movies in that genre. Yeah, Cops mm-hmm. and Robbers, and it is yeah. probably up there as 
one of the, if not better, yeah. best cops and robber movies. Yeah. So that's why it's like a five star for me because it's like mm-hmm. there's a genre where these hundreds, thousands of these exist, right. and it's but one a of lot the of them best kind ones. of borrow from. Oh, absolutely. Yes. You know absolutely. what I mean? Like yeah. very he did, Yeah. And I bank, will give it that. The bank robbery scene alone can make it a five star movie. Yeah. It's a very right. good. Oh, scene. the highs of the movie are, are so incredibly yeah. high, and I yeah. did really like this movie a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I understand, I understand where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, I'm kind of on the same page with you on that you one. On that one. I, Michael Mann movies are like phenomenally fine yeah, to me. I, I did, like I did, I do do a series like uh, some of my favorite scenes in movies, mm-hmm. and I do love that final scene though, where they're fighting on the airport. Strip. That was a good scene. That was um, a great ending. They had a great ending. And I just it. like, well, obviously after the shootout of like, I told you I'm not going back to jail, yeah. and they like, there's that moment because again, to Jason's point, the best. Bad guys are the ones that don't think they're doing anything wrong. Right, they think they're right, and that's why you know his character, Robert De Niro's character in that movie, is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the, even like even cops and robbers can have like a relationship with mm-hmm. one another. Right. You know, not everybody's just one thing. Yeah, and I also love just the cinematography of like it's pitch black. But then every so often, the, when the planes land, the lights come yeah. up, and yeah. it, it's really yeah. cool. And the scene of them in the diner. Oh, classic. Classic. Right. You know? yeah. the, but highs, I the highs are incredibly wonderful. And I agree with both of you. Like For me, like Thief, uh, Miami Vice, uh, Collateral, mm-hmm. like those are all five-star movies for me. And mm-hmm. so I just think at the end of the day, I like Michael Mann's style yeah. of right. his directing. Well, he's um, very so. bro-movie makers. So I, like, I feel like I, every man loves Michael I think Collateral's incredible because Tom Cruise always plays the good guy in his yeah. movies. And in that movie, he played the bad guy. That's why I love Training Day. Yeah. The watch was playing the bad guy. Yeah. He's playing yeah. that, too. Um, yeah, do you have another one? I do have one more. Um, I would just like to know, in the first Pirates of the Caribbean, Andrew and I have both given this movie a five-star because it's great. You gave it a four and a half. What would have tipped it over the edge See, this for is, you? That's one of those movies where it's like, I'm trying to remember... <laughs> why you gave it that why, Like, you know, some of these movies I haven't watched in 10 or 15 years. Right. So I could watch it again and give it a five star. Yeah, give it a five. But it's like, it was a I very like fun you... movie. Johnny Depp was phenomenal in it. Sure. You know, but is it Boogie Nights? No. Again, again, I, I think at the end of the day... want to compare it to yeah, Boogie I, Nights. I think at the end of the day, it's just like... A way we view movies type yes. of thing. Like Jason, for him, five star movies has have to be those those incredible. Like, I have to. I, if it's a five star movie for me, I have to, it has to have no holes, and I I, I can defend as one of the greats. Or if there are, I have to be able to one hundred percent justify why I love the flaws, or, or mm. what, you know, I have to explain those. You know? gotcha. But again, pirates could be more. I can watch it tomorrow and. Give it that extra half star. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing about letterboxes. You're, you're trying to rate movies that, you know, you haven't seen in a long time. And so, yeah. like, for me, it's like I gave E.T. four and a half. I just thought, no, I gave E.T. four and a half. What was I thinking? You know? <laughs> you know, same thing with, like, Jaws. I, I don't even think I rated E.T. Yeah, out of principle because I hate E.T. Yeah, I think so. I gave it Boy, I chose the wrong example. As a uh, person. <laughs> well, no, like, Jaws is a good example. Yeah. That's a five-star movie for me. Yeah. But, like, yeah. you know, it's but, different. Like, but at the time, I was true. thinking, man, because the shark isn't that believable. But then I was like, well, that's kind of one of the reasons why it's so great is because they don't use the shark a whole that's lot. That's why I gave yeah. Godzilla 2014 five stars because they take that Jaws approach of, mm-hmm. it is a Godzilla movie, but, hey, we're not seeing Godzilla for a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, that's right. awesome. Whereas the, the new one, is... the new one was like, hey, here's fucking Godzilla five minutes in. I was like, hey, that's great, too. I mean, it's a different type of movie. Um, but yeah, it just goes back to, you know, like how we view movies. Like, yeah. if I come out of a movie and I'm like, this movie is ruled. I'm right. Like, that's five stars. It again, it might be a 
Raid. It might uh-huh. be Mission Impossible Fallout. Right. You know, like, it does not have to, I don't have to sit there. Or it might be a Last Black Man in San Francisco where I just look mm-hmm. at it and I'm like, Whew, right. Thing. right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's just how we look at movies, yeah. but it's always fun. It you know, and like yeah. I said, nobody has any animosity yeah. towards anybody. Yeah. Here. Did you have one more for me, Espo? Um, sure. I mean, it's funny because, like, we can go on forever. You know, the last three I had on this list for today, you know, Dunkirk, Schindler's List, and Alien. You know, those are all, like, you talk about monumental movies for yeah. what it means to be, uh, like, you know, like Schindler's List. I'm curious about Schindler's List. Yeah, let's do Schindler's let's List. Let's narrow in on Schindler's List. You know, Dunkirk, Man. I can see. Schindler's List is just one of those movies where it's like, it was so depressing and yeah. just such a yeah. downer. And that makes it a bad movie. No. Or not bad, but no. it makes it not this is the, one, this, this is the one where I might push it up. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but also, too, it's like, and maybe this is something I want to talk about with some people. So this uh-huh. is the perfect time to do it. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that uh, Liam Neeson... His character art moved too fast, like because at the beginning he does, he's like all for greed, money, monetary reason. Yeah. At the end, he really realizes and has this like typical Spielberg kind of scene where it's like you know this ring. How many more could I save? This right, ring? How many more can I save? Yeah. yeah, you know, was that too flamboyant and overdone for his character arc? I don't yeah. think so because I think there are. I think it's like a dam, like. It like th- things are happening. So right. throughout the movie, like the water is pushing up against right. the dam, yeah. and he's making these decisions. Like they might not be as extravagant as this, right. but his relationship with Isaac Sten and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then I finally, it's a Spielberg moment, but that yeah. dam breaks. Yeah, and yeah. he starts crying, and he's like, "How many more could I have saved?" Right. And you know, Isaac Sten, and everybody's just looking at him. And he's like, "You did everything you could, man." <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'll never forget. I watched that movie in seventh grade mm-hmm. and in school. Oh, wow. Yeah. And trust me, like, again, very similar to Jason. I was, you know, I was a heavy kid. Like, mm-hmm. when Austin Powers came out, I have a mole on my face. People get the moly, moly, moly. <laughs> but there's nothing that brings people together than just watching a movie as powerful as, like, a right. shameless list and just looking at each other and everybody's just like, crying. Wow. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. just crying. And it's like, because we're all humans at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, like, to see these atrocities that took mm-hmm. place. And, you know, like, I still carry the quote, a man who saves one life goes on to save the world in time. Right. So it's, like, a very powerful thing of just, like, yeah. you know, help the person, help the people that you can type right. of thing. And so to your point, I don't think it, I think in a Spielberg fashion, yes, it does kind of just all come sweeping in at the end. But mm-hmm. I think it's just that powerful final scene. Right. Yeah. You know, it's very similar to, like, Bridge of Spies. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. that relationship yeah. is very you know, flexible throughout the movie and then on the bridge at the end it kind of explodes. Yeah, it like, does. Right. So I think that might be a Spielberg thing. Yeah. But I think there are hints yeah. throughout it. Like, he sees the way these people are treated. Right. You know, he goes through it and He's things like that. He's aware of, yeah. yeah. And that music is incredible. That yeah. theme no, the is beautiful. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah. his decision to film that movie in black and white mm-hmm. and use very minimal choice of color like the yeah. girl's coat and things mm-hmm. like that, it just plays to it being like, whoa, yeah. yeah, that. Or you can make out drawing it. I mean, it's one of the. Oh <laughs> my god! There's a, there's a very yeah. famous Seinfeld episode where he makes yeah. out drawing. Yeah. I, like I, I will answer Dunkirk real quick. It was because of the fact that it had these like frame stories, whereas like you saw events happen in two minutes later from the angle of the person in the boat. Mm-hmm. Well, they're right. all happening at the same time. Yeah, but it's yeah. delayed. You know, yeah. it's not all happening once. So it took me a while to. Catch on to that, yeah, yeah. you know, because I think it's um, I think it's two hours, like two, uh, two days, two hours, and yeah. like two minutes yeah. or something like yeah. that, something weird like that. Uh, 
that's not exactly right but yeah. yeah i thought that elevated i was like i was like because then when everything connects you know like it is confusing uh-huh. though like the first time you see it yeah. like right like, what is what is yeah. tom hardy's character doing like yeah. how did uh-huh. the ship get over here yeah. and stuff like that i saw i can't hear, I can it can't hear me at the that. end but i was like is that a, could it just be the event straight through have been a better way to tell it you know, even it's if I did get it and it came together for well, me. Well, one of his things was he wanted to show the battle by land, by air, by yeah. sea. Right. And I think, like, just like in real life, if you drive somewhere, it's going to be longer than flying. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's like, hey, these are what the people are doing here, and this is how long it's taken them. Here's the infantry men. This is what they're going through. Because mm-hmm. that stuff's harrowing, like the right. boat sinking and things like that. That's also a great movie I recommend. Like, we took... Earlier in the episode, we talked about seeing movies in theater. Mm-hmm. Like that's a movie that yeah. you it's see like that in theater. theater and it's like, yeah. I listened yeah. to that soundtrack at work once, and I was just like sweating. <laughs> because I saw like the ticking to- uh, ticking clock and things yeah. like that. But I can I can one hundred percent see that yeah. because I know a I, lot of yeah. people that don't see Dunkirk as a five star movie. I think right. it's you know probably behind yeah. the Prestige and Dark Knight, probably Christopher Nolan, my favorite mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan. But yeah, I mean, I you know, know where I would rank you. For me, Christopher Nolan has from what I've seen, and I've I've seen like five, I think. Yeah. Uh, counting Batman is like one long saga. They've mm-hmm. all been like really he's a great, great director. Yeah, he's yeah. a great director. I think Insomnia is probably. It's been quoted as pulling from Sheets. And that's still as well. good. I like Insomnia. And I love Insomnia. Insomnia yeah. just has the curse of like, hey, here's a brilliant foreign movie. Let's make an American version of it. Mm-hmm. And they made it. And I was like, okay, this is good, but it's not as good as the foreign version. So why'd you make it? <laughs> and I haven't seen yeah. the the, uh, you know, the foreign one. But yeah. like I said, I just loved Al Pacino and Brown Lewis chemistry. And it was like more low-key than you would see Pacino in, you know? And it was just nice to see, like... Let him sleep. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I liked it. And then what about Alien? Again, I saw that a long time ago. A long time ago. I was 12, so... I don't know... Maybe it's even better. I don't think I've rated Alien on Letterboxd, but I don't think I would have given it five stars. Again, it's it's a different... Like, Alien to Aliens, they're such different Mm -hmm. movies. Yeah. Um, Like, one's a horror movie, one's an action movie. Yeah. So it's, like, an interesting thing to, like, see, like... Hey, right. I'm just glad they keep giving Ridley Scott movie money to make these sure. movies. Yeah. You know, even though, oh, yeah. you know, like Prometheus is so polarizing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad. But no, hey, the, the summation of that section is movies are great. Movies, movies are, are fun great. and we yes. like watching them. Movies are great. And make no mistake, a four and a half star movie is a pretty Still a good, good movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Still good. You know, you know, and yeah. like, for me, awesome. with four and a half movie, four and a half star movies, you are picking at straws. To find to mm-hmm. mistakes and stuff like that. Yeah, like, it is all. There was something about it that made you want to be nitpicky. Right. Yeah. 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 And for me, okay. yeah. And for me, it's just like that's fair. Hey, man, do your thing. Do your thing. <laughs> I know this, you. This <laughs> crazy, this crazy movie about a panda that fights kung fu. Go for it. Oh God. <laughs> Go for it. Like, <laughs> On that note. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening to our second official episode. Yay. And hopefully it won't be a month uh, until our next <laughs> one. And hopefully uh, we won't die if we walk outside today in the heat. It's very hot. Yeah, no, it's not. All right. <laughs> See you later, guys. Until next time. Bye. Bye.